birthday, Patrick Walsh, it's your birthday. I've called you on your birthday. You're my screamer, my queen. Hi, Patrick. It's Doug. Send you love from St. Thomas, and I adore you. Talk to you soon. Birthday. Happy birthday, Patrick. I'm this Robin, and I am Izzy from Jacksonville, and I'm her daughter. So say hello to Happy Birthday! Make that over anything. You rock, Patrick. I can't wait till you have your birthday, and I want to see Flip the Gargoyle again, because I got to see people that are on the list of who are pooping their mouth. <laughs> well, there you go. There you go. We love you very, very much, Patrick, and we will see you soon. We hope you have a very awesome and creepy and fun birthday, and we'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Happy birthday to you. Your beard's really cool. It looks just like cinnamon, and it tastes like it, too. Happy birthday, Patrick, from Stacy at Creepy Kitch. I think you're Neato Torpedo, and I would put you on my toast. Anytime. Bye. Hello, Scream Queens. This is Christiani calling to wish a big, bad, happy birthday to the screamiest queen there is. Happy birthday, Patrick. Love you a lot. Hey, Patrick. This is Brian and Allison, your favorite pod fader from I'm Not Here to Make Friends. Just calling up to say happy birthday. Wait a minute. With the stuff this guy's made me watch, I'm not wishing him a happy anything. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, boo. Boo, Patrick. Unhappy birthday. Seriously, though, buddy. Happiest of happy birthdays. Happy birthday, pal. Have a good one. Hello. My name's Patrick, and I'm a Scream Queen. I'm a Scream Queen. And so are you. And welcome to another episode of Scream Queens, the podcast for horror gets gay. This is episode 184, and it's my belated birthday episode. Can I get a what, what? Can I get a what, what? And for the occasion, I'm being joined by two very special returning guests, Mr. Manuel Canary, who you remember from the American Gothic episode, and Mr. Brian Norton, who came on previously to talk about Crowhaven Farm. But they're not here to rehash that crap. No, no, no. We're talking about the 1981 Canadian slasherific classic face-ripping Scooby-Doo bullshit ending craziness. Happy birthday to me. Because, much like the Scream Queen's golden rule... A queen has the right to change his mind. A queen also has the right to make his birthday last as long as he fucking wants to. And that's what we're going to be doing here today. Yay! Now, for those of you who are new to the show and are wondering, who is this man whispering in my ears and why should I care? Please, allow me to introduce myself. My name is Patrick Walsh, and I'm going to be your guide 
for the next two hours or so. It's going to be a long show because we have lots of voicemails and things in addition to a fabulous interview. I'm going to be your guide for the next two hours through the weird and wonderful world of horror movies, but as seen through my very, very, very gay little eyes. So buckle in, bitch. You're in for a treat. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to call you a bitch. That was rude. I meant to call you a bitch ass. And thank you to everybody who called in those birthday messages that were at the top of the show. You make me happy. You make me happy because my birthday sucked. Yeah, my apologies for putting out that filler episode of a, a rerun with Robert Arbest talking about bloody birthday. But I was so damn sick on the day with allergies. I could not function. And actually, that whole weekend was terrible. But on the day of there was snot pouring out of my nose like a faucet, and I'm not using hyperbole. If I wiped it away, immediately there'd be another eight-inch string pouring right back out. It was my so it was it was awful. It was awful, and I felt just so stupid and so lame. And this episode has been kind of hard to put together, juggling guests, and there's been some other problems, and then my health on top of it. I just felt stupid and useless, and I wanted to get something out to you on the day because that was the only thing I did to commemorate my damn birthday. God damn it. And that's not right. No, sir. But it was something. And that's something which is better than nothing. What are you saying? I don't know. What am I talking about? The funny thing that did happen on that day, not surprisingly, happened at CVS. Why do I still go there? Nothing good happens there. I go to CVS to get some allergy medication because Nothing is working that I have in the house. And the cold and allergy aisle looked like the aftermath of a zombie apocalypse. You know, when they go to the stores and there's just like nothing. There's not, there was cupboards, tumbleweeds blowing through nothing. Not a damn thing on the shelf. And I'm thinking, okay, I guess it's not just me. I guess the pollen count is bananas or the, or the, the, the whatever, whatever, the mold, whatever, who the, whatever, whatever. Everybody's miserable is what I'm trying to say. So I go to the pharmacy because I know my pharmacist. I'm there all the time. And I'm just like, hey, listen, I'm going to throw my weight around. I need some shit. And they're like, well, we, we don't really have anything. That's pretty much everything that we have is out there. I said, there's nothing out there. God damn it. Look at my snot. I'm like, I'm just going to stand here and pull snot on your counter that somebody else is going to have to clean off until you guys get me something. like, well, we do have some stuff back here. We have some regular Allegra and some regular Claritin. I'm like, do I look like I need the regular? I need the D. I need Claritin D, Allegra D, whatever D you got back there. I need all the D. I want D and I need D. Right. Now, this is what I'm yelling, and I realize I sound now like Duncan Flaster, who is obsessed with getting the D. But that's a whole other story right now. So I'm in CVS begging for the D. Hello. My name is Patrick, and I'm a scream queen. I'm a scream queen, and I need some D! Happy birthday. Oh, okay, let's get Smoochie Update out of the way. Now, you guys got an abbreviated thing last time. Okay, we already had one incident that you know of where she got her bandage off and immediately attacked her tail again. Well, it happened a second time. It happened uh, last that's Tuesday. The first time I was devastated, now I'm pissed. Now, in the interim, she has been diagnosed with something called feline hyperesthesia. And when I told a certain scream queen out there about it, they're like, 
hyperesthesia, so her aesthetics are off, so what, she doesn't like your drapes? Yes, my cat doesn't like my drapes, so she hurts herself. That totally makes sense. It's actually a condition they don't really understand fully. It's kind of like epilepsy, but not really. It's got different fashions for different cats, and there's different ways to treat it. So we're doing that. We're trying different medications. But... I don't see them really doing much of anything. I still see her back having spasms, which you've heard about before, and apparently that is the signature symptom of feline hyperesthesia, is these weird back spasms, which nobody pointed out to me in the two years I've been taking her to that vet, but that's neither here nor there. But I've come to realize that she's really happy with this bandage on. And as uh, listener Edward pointed out, that maybe it's a comfort thing for her, like her own little thunder shirt. And I said, I think you might be right. So I've been talking with her vet tech that maybe we just keep the bandage on whether she needs it or not because she is really fucking happy with it. She likes slapping that thing around. She likes making noises like boom, 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 like a 30-pound cat needs to make more noise. But she's doing okay. I'm doing okay. I'm much calmer about the whole situation. I kind of see at least a safer route safer, saner, less surgical route to go because the, the final option is to cut off her tail. And even that might not help. And I don't want to do that. But that's enough about my cat. What else has been going on here in Scream Queen's headquarters? Not a whole hell of a lot because between my allergies and this fucking cat who now needs to be monitored 24 hours a day, I have been doing a whole lot of nothing except I got to go to the theater Three times in three days this past weekend. And I'm not going to bore you with all the details of the shows because that's not important. It's really more, much more interesting what happened at the shows. Oh, my God, what happened at the shows? Well, the first one, I'm not going to give you a name because a friend of mine was in it. It's her theater company. I haven't seen her perform in 20 years. And I was thrilled. I, I'm like, great, I can finally go see one of her shows. It's gotten great reviews. And I went, and it was one of the most perfect casts I've ever seen in my life. It was an amazing ensemble of actors, like jaw-dropping, powerful, good actors. I was sitting there like, I want to be taking notes on this because you people are amazing. And they were all incredible except for my friend who was horrible. Horrible. That is a terrible situation to be in. Man, when you have to go see a friend in a show... It's bad enough when the show is bad, but when your friend is the one who sunk it, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I get it. You own the theater company. You built it for yourself so you can cast yourself in whatever you want, and you surround yourself with amazing people, even though you suck. Even though you suck. And normally you hang out afterwards, and you're like, oh my god, you were great, and you go get a drink. But I was like, I just got to go home. I just got to go home. And I text her. I'm like, I'm sorry. I can't leave my cat unattended for, for very long unless she's going to hurt herself. You don't want her to hurt herself. Meanwhile, I'm just like, get me the fuck out of here. The other thing I got to see is a new play called Building the Wall. Don't ask me what it's about because it was so boring, I fell asleep. But what happened beforehand is much more interesting. You know, I got $5 tickets to these things because I have my special ins and my special outs. And, 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 and had I paid $120 for it, it would have been really bad because I was really pissed because it was terrible. But not there here nor there. I got there early because the trains were actually running properly for a change. And the theater has this nice courtyard behind it with a fountain and you know lots of park benches. So I'm, like, I'm just going to hang out here for half an hour and sit in the sun and people watch on Mother's Day. Watch everybody going around. And so I sit right on the side of the fountain, you know, where the little, the little chairs built into the side of the fountain. I sat and I'm watching everybody. I'm looking at my phone. And it's getting towards the time for me to pick up my tickets. And as I move, 
I realize for the half an hour that I have been sitting there, I have been sitting in a puddle. Now, one of my least favorite games involving New York City public seating and particularly the subway is when you sit down and you have to play the game, what did I just sit in? Is it water? Is it coffee? Is it some kind of bodily fluid? Uh, uh, I sat in something and I don't know what it is, but at least here I knew I'm by a fountain. I know it's water. I know it's water. And the thing is, how did you not know, Patrick? I don't know. I don't know. I guess it was a warm day. The water was warm. I didn't feel it. It wasn't that wet when I sat down. However, me sitting there for a half an hour made the capillary action of the fabric of my jeans just start soaking up all the water from all around. And so now I realize my pants are completely dripping wet from my waist to my ankles in the back. It looks like I have peed myself 14 times over, and now it's time to go into the theater. Luckily, I brought a jacket, so I tie my jacket around, and I'm like, leaving a trail of water as I'm walking. This is so glamorous. This is so glamorous. Oh, hi, Chris Sarandon, who's sitting in the row ahead of me. Hi, I have wet pants right now, Chris Sarandon. I love doing Friday night. Don't look at my pants. But man, and then the AC was on the theater, and I'm like, this is bullshit. I'm cold, I'm wet, Chris Sarandon is looking at me and I have pee pee pants. This is not what theater is all about. Who said the th- you know what, it was more drama than was happening on stage. And when I told Duncan Flasser, who likes all the D, he said, well, I guess it's true. There wasn't a dry seat in the house. I said, well, definitely not mine. And probably not Chris Sarandon's. That homosexual who peed himself is making me feel squidgy in my private parts. He didn't say that. I, no, Chris Sarandon, I don't, I don't know. What, I, this, shh, shh. And the last thing I got to see... Technically, it was not theater. It's it's an escape room that uh, they're trying. They're so commonplace nowadays. It's like you can swing a cat in New York without hitting an escape room game. This one is trying to combine theater and it's part with an escape room. So there's more of a story, and it's the first chapter in an ongoing thing, and it's called Paradiso Chapter One. And the second you buy your tickets, the game is on. You start getting texts from the Virgil Corporation. Now, I'm not spoiling anything here because this is all on the website, too. I'd have gone to the website, we've gotten the same information. And, you know, oh, you're invited for an evening with the Virgil Corporation. And the Virgil Corporation is one of those think tank type things, you know, one of those self-help things that just, you know, it'll change the way you think and your it's not a cult, though. It's not a cult, but we will help you succeed in all areas of your life. And all you have to do is buy all of our books. And, and and you know go on one of our weekends and la 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 it's and it, it's one of those things and I'm looking at the website and I'm realizing there's all these references subtly veiled references to Dante's Inferno like Paradiso the name of the whole thing and it's called the Virgil Com- uh, Corporation Virgil was Dante's guide through hell all these books are named after quotes that they're trying to push on you are named after uh, things they're talking about oh the nine levels of 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 um knowledge that you have to rise through in order to achieve enlightenment through the Virgin Mind. Oh, like the nine circles of hell. We're going to hell, Mr. Bradford, and we're going to join a cult. Because I went with Mr. Bradford because, of course, it was his birthday, too, uh, last Monday, because we have the same birthday, because we are still that adorable. We may not be a couple anymore, but we're still that fucking adorable. And he's just like, a who? Dante who? I knew a guy named Dante once. He used to sell me cocaine. No, he didn't say that. He didn't say that. But what he did say was, 
Um, this isn't gonna be like that other thing you dragged me to, that, that Club Purgatorio. Club Purgatorio I'd completely forgotten about, and I know I talked about it on here a long time ago, and not in a feature segment, but that was a thing they were advertising as where Haunted House meets Nightclub, and you went... Some of you might remember this. We went, and it was like a funeral parlor first, and there was like a drag queen that was presiding over the services, and that was the only funeral parlor that offers you know, pole dancing because everybody graves differently. And everyone's talking about, oh, the deceased, the deceased, how we miss the deceased. And as you're going on, you realize the deceased is you, and they put you in a coffin, and then you have to you know, go towards the light, and you wind up in purgatory, which is a, you know, awful nightclub with a with a lounge singer who does awful magic acts then you proceeded to hell which was this gory sexy vaudeville show and then the the big dance club which was heaven but that's not the point because the thing that i knew mr bradford was afraid of was in that first section like i said they had all these improv actors walking all around interacting with you and at a certain point the drag queen who was hosting had said oh just so you know that there's wine available over at the bar complimentary because you know Nothing helps you grieve, grieve better than booze. And so I said, Bradford, you stay right here. I'm going to go and get us some drinks. And so I, by the time I got back, for the two minutes that I was gone to get my little plastic cups of wine off the bar and walk back over, all of a sudden, Bradford was getting a, a lap dance from this 80-year-old woman in a bikini. Now, she had been dancing on the pole when we came in, but as soon as Bradford was left alone, she swooped in on him and was giving him a lap dance. And as Mr. Brad said... She had gripped breath. So I knew that this is the kind of thing that Mr. Bradford was going to be afraid of for the evening. And while that did not happen, I want to thank Mr. Bradford for reminding me of that completely embarrassing situation that I put him into. Ah! And he tried to fork that this, this particular night on me. It was his idea to go to this Paradiso thing. So if he did get a lap dance from an 80-year-old woman with crip breath in a bikini, then it would be his own goddamn fault. Am I right? Of course I'm right. And then I start getting counter-checks from another organization that's like, we are infiltrating Virgil, we are there, there. don't go, don't go. And so I'm all excited, this is going to be great. Now normally with these escape room things, you want to go with a group. You want, you know, it's normally 10 people or so to a group, and it's best to know as many people in the group as you can, just because you know how everybody works, you know what people's specialities are, and specialities specialties are and and that kind of a thing and it's just more fun that way but no it was just me and mr brad because this one since it combines theater and it's multiple rooms not just one room it's a whole series of things and they have actors to pay that it's a bit more expensive than the other ones so it's whatever it's her birthday we're going to do this special thing and so we had eight other people in our group and as the group was assembling i'm realizing oh everybody in our group is gay this should be fun except it wasn't because in this group was a man in a dress. I'm not going to call him a drag queen because he was not a drag queen because this is clearly something he had done for fun for today because he's wearing some cheap-ass, busted Halloween-ass wig, no makeup, some Ross Dress for Less bullshit-ass mom dress, and shoes that were at least four sizes too big for him, and no decent drag queen is going to be caught dead in a pair of shoes that high that don't fit. You don't want to be stepping out of your shoes. That's tacky. And Miss Thing was not only stupid, aggressively stupid. He, I thought for a while he was playing a character. Like, you can't say, oh, I got, hey, uh, hey, it's nice to everybody. It's going to be really fun. Don't look at my shoes. They don't fit. My name is Vanessa. Oh, hi, Vanessa. She said, no, it's not Vanessa. It's Vin. 
F it it's V E N I S A Vin I'm like, whatever, I don't care, you're already annoying me. And when they asked for a leader of the group, Miss Thing just stepped right up. I said, We're gonna die. Miss Thing got in the way of everything. We couldn't even get out of the first damn room. They had to let us out because the thing is, everybody scheduled like a half an hour before. So, yeah, while there is a, a, a clock that you have to beat 60 minutes to get out of the whole experience, they kind of need you out of the rooms at a certain time because, you know, there are people waiting to come in right behind you. That's a nice, well-oiled machine. Since she was the leader, she was the one that got a paper and some notebook, uh, a pen and some notebooks to take notes on things. And in this room, I, there were all these cards with letters on them that – Clearly, we're meant to assemble and spell out something, but we couldn't figure out what. And then I realized in the corner there's a movie playing that matched the images on the cards. I'm like, ah, this is the order in which we have to put the cards to assemble the letters and find out whatever this word is we need to get out of the room. So I'm like, Miss Thing, write this down. And I just start calling out what the images were. I'm like, volcano, guy looking at stars, girl in a sweatshirt, uh, whatever, angels, devils, seahorses. And the movie only ran about once every two minutes. And maybe we missed two of them, not realizing it was even there. And so now I'm realizing the clock is ticking and whatever. And I had called out all this stuff. And she's like, I turn around, I'm like, okay, what did I say? She's like, I, I, I just wrote down my own things. And she wrote, oh, for God's sake. And Miss Thing did not write things down. And then she couldn't read what she wrote. And she's just like, I, wrote just, I just wrote down Madonna. And I wrote down, like, because she looked like Madonna. And, but I don't remember what the picture was. And the picture reminded me. And, and Miss Thing spent the whole time taking selfies of herself. Well, all of us are running around trying to figure things out, running around taking selfies over something going, I don't know what's going on. Excuse me, can you take my picture? No, we're playing a game, and we paid a lot of money to play this game, you dumb bitch. You dumb bitch. And here's the thing. This is where Patrick gets his revenge. And a weird part of me somehow knew this was going to happen. Because Bradford and I went for dinner beforehand. We went to some little Irish pub, sports pub, and we I'm looking at all the burgers. I'm like, I don't want a burger burger. I'm like, oh, they have a bratwurst burger. That sounds good. And it comes with red cabbage and sauerkraut. And I said, I'm going to eat this, and I'm going to get gas. I said, oh, well, if somebody pisses me off, I'll just fart on them, he says to himself at dinner. At a certain point during this whole thing, we're having to crawl through an air vent alien style. It's not that small, but... And it's locked at one end with a combination lock. And I was through first. And I was like, ah, shit, guys, there's a combination lock. We've got to go back, go back to the other room, see if there's anything. And as I do that, I realize there are symbols painted all around. And Bradford had found a piece of paper that mentioned symbols and the, an order of symbols on the paper. And I realized, ah, we have to figure out how many of these symbols of each of, uh, of, each of these symbols are in this stupid corridor. And use the number of that, and that's going to be the code to get out. And now it's loud in there because it's, a, it's, a, it's an air vent, so they, they have a fan running, so it's very loud. So I'm yelling back in this reverb and shit. I'm like, how many of these do we have? How many of these do we have? How many of these do we have? And this thing is just yelling. It's like, oh, my God, there's a smiley face over here. How many smiley faces do we need? And then she just starts yelling out numbers for fun. And so she had crawled up to behind me. She's like, I don't know what's going on. Did you get the door open yet? I don't like it in here because my shoes are falling off. Her shoes are falling off so they don't fit, you dumb bitch. And, 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 and she was right behind me, and I felt it happening, and, and, and I farted. One of those slow, 
rolling, noxious farts. It was awful. It's one of those ones that just crawl. You know, like if 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 it was visual, it'd be like that kind of fog, and you see the fog machines, not the stuff that fills up the room, but the stuff that just crawls along the floor and then creeps up the walls. It was one of those. It was one of those, and it went all over her. And I know I farted on everybody in that whole thing, but it was mostly in her face. And so Vanessa, Vanessa, you're welcome, you dumb bitch. We didn't get out because of her, because the last room was absolutely bananas, and she was useless. So after this whole thing is over, I am just pissed. I'm pissed that the night was ruined by one person. And the thing is, beforehand, I was like, I actually gave everybody my card for the show and tell them, oh, you know, I'm going to be talking about it soon. And I'm glad that I didn't. And I definitely didn't do it afterwards because I said, I'm going to be ripping the hell out of this bitch, this dumb bitch. And she's your friend. And I, 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 I don't need her hunting and killing me with a big, nasty, too big shoe. And so I'm fuming about it. I'm like, man, she was really committed to this stupid character of being, you know, dumb drag queen persona and Bradford just said in his ultimate wisdom, he's like, I'm really not sure how much of that was a persona. I think she might have been a bit, well, how should I say? Thick. Well said, Mr. Bradford. Well said. And if I've given anything away, if you're planning on going to the Paradiso thing, don't worry about it, because apparently they have four or five different routes that you could take through, so maybe you won't get the air shaft. And also, I changed the details, so it's not exactly what you thought it was. But fuck you, and buy a fucking pair of shoes that fit. I need to see your dry-ass, scaly heels. At least put some damn moisturizer on your damn heels before you go out in your giant, clunky-ass shoes that don't fit. You stupid-ass, mini Mouse, non-fitting, shoe-ass motherfucker. What the fuck? Yeah, we went to hell last night, and last night and hell was in her shoes. Gross. That's pretty much all that's gone on here. Uh, I did want to talk about one other thing, but I think we're running a bit long. I was going to talk about Come Back to the Five of Dime, Jimmy Dean, Jimmy Dean. Probably wondering why you want to talk about that. But I'll tell you why on our Gay Pride episode next month, because I think it's going to be more suiting towards that. So, without much, it's time to get the birthday party started. I'm going to bring on Mr. Manny Canary. I'm going to bring on Mr. Brian Norton. We're going to have some cake. We're not going to have any shish kebab. And I'm wearing my ugly embroidered panties just for the occasion. Let the festivities commence! Poor Virginia. Just when the rich, young snobs at Crawford High condescended to come to her birthday party... They're all being murdered in the most bizarre ways imaginable. Oh, please help me. At the rate they're going, there'll be nobody left to go to her birthday party alive. Because of the bizarre nature of this birthday party, no one will be seated during the last ten minutes of happy birthday to me. Pray you're not invited. Rated R. Now playing at a theater near you. So, given that I actually spent my real-life birthday by myself sicker than a dog, I know damn well. Therefore, my birthday party episode, my belated birthday party episode, I'm going to have some goddamn fabulous gay 
guests, and I've got two of them. They're sitting right here, and they're chomping at the bit, ready to come on to talk to you about this fantastic Canadian oddity that we all know and love or hate, depending, whatever. Too bad it's my birthday. I love it. Deal with it. And I'm thrilled to introduce them to you now. The first, he's a New York City filmmaker. He makes all kinds of scary movies. He works with Betsy Palmer, and and he was in Jaws 2. The other one is a, <laughs> is a super talented performer out of San Francisco. He's a performer by day, sexy librarian by night, and he loves Yvonne DiCarlo. Ladies and gentlemen, presented to Brian Jordan and Manny Canary. And a Merry Christmas to you and to all your listeners. <laughs> Fuck now, Christmas. Happy it's my goddamn <laughs> birthday. Thank you. Manny got it right, Brian. You're fired. Happy birthday. Yes, happy so, birthday. So happy belated, Patrick. Thank Thanks for having you. us here. It's Thank not every day someone turns 29. For the 15th time. Yeah, yes. it, it's unusual. And I have a question for you guys before we start. Yeah. yeah. Do you boys want a big piece or a little piece? <laughs> I'm going to skip out altogether. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on a no oh, carb Brian, I, Brian has no comment. Brian had no comment at all. It's my favorite line of the movie. Well, then it, does Daddy want a big piece? I know. Well, I had, a, I had a, a dad. No, I know. I'm just, I'm just saying. It does just that mean Patrick so... has new daddies on his birthday? What? Yeah. Yay. Yeah. Yay. So the movie we're talking about is the 1981 slasher Happy birthday to me, appropriately enough. And normally, I, as you guys know, I shy away from doing the movies everybody else has talked about to death because every other podcast has talked about them to death. But I figure having this combination of very special people on this very special day of days, this is going to be fucking fabulous. God damn it. All right. Uh, I, think, I think you're right. And I think that we, uh, we're going we're gonna to talk about this in a... I think... Still hideous. I don't know anything. Listen, I know like one thing in this world, and it's happy birthday to me, which is why I have no friends. So for the next <laughs> half hour or whatever, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to geek out and you're going to hate me. So That's what the edit button is for. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. He said, no, 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 it's all cold. I mean, I'm just saying, if you go over, it's fine. <laughs> this is the second time I've been on, on your show, which is really awesome, but I've noticed that both times we've done Canadian, Canadian horror. Yes. Oh, my God, that's, I, I, that's my favorite, so. Yeah, because we did American Gothic last time. Oh, Yvonne DiCarlo. Oh, Yvonne yeah, DiCarlo. Brian, you, yeah. Should know, you should know that when, when Manny was a child, he was a member of the <laughs> Yvonne DiCarlo fan club. I oh, no. And they had to correspond by letter, you know, to get fanzines and shit. So he had to yeah. commit to, like, a self-addressed stamp envelope. Yeah. This was some serious shit for a child. Wow. I totally, totally did. It's a truth. But I was, I was not a child. I was a teenager, actually, which is, I don't know if that's worse. But, <laughs> so last year, in other words. <laughs> yes, yes, a couple of years ago. In memoriam. <laughs> that's a God's honest truth. I was for many years. Well, that's a that's a, a an episode I'm going to have to listen to because that's a very curious movie to me, that's American what, Gothic. So. That was what we summed up. But are we talking about that movie? No, we are not. We're talking about this one now. I one of the needed. things I like to do since I am very very old. I'm uh, older. At, at, I'm 47. I'm 48. I just turned 48 like the week before you did. So uh-huh. yeah. But the ah, thing I got. I'm the baby. I'm the baby. I'm the baby. That's why you're in your underpants. Which makes- which is 43, by the way. Yeah. Oh. So I'm not that much of a... <laughs> the thing I bring that the other people, a lot of the other podcasts don't have is the history of things, is that uh, we were around when these things were in the theater. I didn't get to see this one in the theater. But I will never forget. Now, now, 
I had to take some of the younger kids on the block to mm-hmm. see fucking Alice in Wonderland. <laughs> okay. The, like, a, like the Disney one? The Disney one. The Disney okay. one. And, of course, my longtime listeners will be happy to know that this did include one of the Slevin sisters. The Slevin sisters were five girls, each one more stupid than the last. Just, and I've talked about them many times in the show. They're an, an endless source of comedy. So I had to take Maureen Slevin and some other girl to see Alice in Wonderland because I was the only one who would go. And we were waiting to get picked up, and it took forever for whoever's parents to pick us up to come. And in the lobby for the uh, Disney yeah. Alice in Wonderland was the yeah. poster for happy birthday to me. A notorious poster. And I had to stare at the thing for what felt like three and a half hours, and I was <laughs> obsessed. <laughs> and what's funny, like, I pulled up the poster now, and I find some, like, the newspaper ads for it. I'm thinking, this ad, this poster ran in the newspaper. You could be flipping through looking for the family yep. circus, and then there you go, shish kebab down the throat. No. That's right the most classic it. thing about the film. No, well, wait, were, these, were, these, were these sisters like your first fag hags? Oh, no, no. they were No, no. I, I, I'm not going into the legends of the Slevin sisters right now because we just have too much to talk about. We'll talk about it another time. I thought you listened okay. to the show, goddammit. They're all stupid, really stupid. They I know. I was just going to say, do they listen? <laughs> okay, they all look like the cheerleaders in this oh, movie. Shit. Okay, fair They're enough. They're all like dumpy with, they were, like, with stupid hair and just like terrible. They couldn't keep their socks up. Awful girls. Awful. Every single damn one of them. And I was stuck with all of them. Well. Oh my God! Okay, all right, uh-huh. got it. Okay, so that was my trauma. That was my trauma. <laughs> We're gonna have our misogynist gay podcast now. <laughs> Great. We're just these girls. It had nothing to do with the fact that they were girls. They were just five stupid related people. <laughs> wow, and you think five. this one cannot possibly get any dumber? When you're like, I want to talk to this one for a while because that nope, nope. You're just like endless cesspool of stupidity. Are they listening? Hi guys. Didn't they just? Didn't they just direct See No Evil 2? Yes, they did. No. <laughs> yeah, those two girls, right? Yes. That's that's got it. Got it. They got rid of three of them, and two of them went on to a film career. It could totally happen. It could totally happen. But yeah, that was my introduction to that. I just remember reading it over and over and over and over again. Going, this, well, this just looks horrible. This looks horrible. I'm not going to look at this anymore. <laughs> yeah, I remember seeing that, the video box yep. the, when I was younger. The, Columbia. The video box the same, yeah. Which had the same uh, image. On yeah, and it had the red piping movie. around it, and it was so cool. Oh, my God. Yeah. 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 RCA Columbia, the, the videos. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. totally remember. The good days of the video store, the good old days. And I'm very happy that I found a trailer for this that I was looking for one earlier and I went, when, when Manny was, on, was trying to do the show earlier, and I was very sad I couldn't find one that had that little part that said, mm-hmm. because of the bizarre nature of the party. No, no one, one under 17. <laughs> no, no one will be admitted during the last 10 minutes of happy birthday to me. Because this is one of those things I love from times gone by that modern moviegoers, like younger moviegoers, like, what? Yeah. Why would you be going at the last 10 minutes? Like, it was a different mm-hmm. world. Totally different world. Yeah, we had mentioned it before that, uh, I mean, I think all three of us probably had experienced that when we go to the movie. Yeah, we did. The three of us. Poor little movie. three was like, what? Yeah. I, what? The the beginning. Yeah. Oh, that's right. And we'd watch the beginning, like, we'd watch it kind of ass backwards in other ways. Uh-huh. Of course. That was totally normal. Yeah, yeah, it was. I totally. I remember multiple times doing that. Well, wait, Patrick, let me, before, you, before you move on, let me, let me ask, when you were searching for the trailer, did you happen to come across two things I made on YouTube where I recut Happy Birthday to Me to look like a television series opening? No. 
Oh, so just yeah, look gotta, up happy, happy, happy Birthday to Me, the series. Ding, it's actually ding, really ding, funny. Ding, yeah. ding, 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 yeah. ding, 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 oh, Those recut trailers are great. Oh, I can't wait to see it. Yeah, thank you. That's yeah, fantastic. Yeah, so I didn't finally, I didn't see it until it finally came on HBO and it was on constantly. Yep, yep, yep. I saw it 500,000 times. Oh, hi, Kat. Great, she's awake now. I came in, I actually thought, to be honest, it was one of those things where I saw it way later. I saw it maybe just about five years ago. Oh, the wow. First time. I just kind of forgot about it because it wasn't in my consciousness. And then they added it to Netflix for a short time. And that's yeah. where I thought the first time. Yeah, yeah, and it was hard to find for a while. And then they had that yeah. shitty edition that they released, Brian. Oh, my God. That one. They, re- they changed stuff around, right? No, not you, know, that. It was, uh, you go, Brian. It, oh, sorry. It was, um, okay, this is like, the, you know, all of us had done petitions to get it released. And, uh, they, they, they came up with a print that had a temp score to it, which sounded like a bad Italian movie. Right. Was a good it was Italian like this movie. weird kind of like 80s version of disco, which was basically somebody like yeah. smashing their face against the keyboard. Yep. <laughs> and I had just told somebody, I recommended it to it for their podcast. I'm like, and the thing you love is the score. It's this great orchestral score. And they came back and like, what the fuck yeah. are you talking about? What did you make us watch? It starts with a disco song called Out of the Blue. I mean, it's just, it's just, it, but the, the other, the other stupid thing that they did, because I, I think the people releasing these movies aren't necessarily the ones who would buy them. No, so, they're not fans of the genre. So they, they took out the one thing that everyone remembers about the movie, which was the iconic poster. Oh and my they god, did a, that's like, hard. A bad Photoshop mock-up of like you know a girl, a girl holding a birthday cake, um, and uh, everyone they weren't having it. It was hor- horribly horribly drawn. The- it was horrible art. It looked like yeah. some junior mm-hmm. high school project. It was terrible. It but don't you think it is funny though? We love that poster so much, yet it's because it's technically a holiday themed movie. But it, it, the poster does not reference birthdays on there. You would no, think that no, they would just, have. No, just in the title. No, that's it. Yeah. yeah. But it does yeah. promise six of the most bizarre murders you'll ever see, and it doesn't really yeah. follow through with that yeah. either. You know, there's a throat slitting and a guy gets stabbed. Ooh. Well, I think that's maybe for the time they were bizarre, and the situation is bizarre. But some of them are pretty bizarre. Three of them yeah, are. Some of them are, are a little unique, I guess, in the way they do it. But, yeah, three I mean, of them are, are not very unique for the time. I would love to see that infamous edited footage. You know, there's, there's some of that gore exists in stills out there, but yeah. Um, yeah. apparently there were like many trips to the ratings board to get at the R rating. So. That's what I hear. And you know what? For a Canadian movie, there's not any boots in here at all. No, and it's not a very obvious. <laughs> There's a lot of American flags, though. <laughs> there are. There are. That's, that's what sells. That's what sells. We're, we're selling rich white kids, and nothing sells that more than America. Yeah. Okay, but I don't know. So you're, I mean, you're, you're, a little bit, you're a little bit younger, Manny, but uh, Patrick and I are the age. Well, I don't know if you were as much of a geek as I were, but most of our my favorite slasher movies from that time. It turns mm-hmm. out that they were all kinetic. I mean, they were all from Canada. Sure. Yeah. And it's yeah. like something called the tax shelter movie. But if you, there was like one group of actors in Canada that was always working and they're in every movie. And, and they're in this one. <laughs> happy birthday to me. It's just a treasure trove of younger actors and the older actors that are in everything. Yeah. And, um, you know, I used to host Canadian trivia night. Even my Canadian friends didn't know. I mean, like, you know what the Canadian Oscars are called? Does anyone remember this? Oscars. They're all. Yeah. They're called the Genies. The Genies, yeah. Okay. And Happy Birthday to Me won three Genies. Isn't that awesome? <laughs> Great. Wow. It's like best costumes. <laughs> like, that's well, awesome. Best costumes. 
Oh my Jamie god! Oh, <laughs> because no, I have so many notes oh on wardrobe god. for this. <laughs> yeah. Jamie Lee Curtis was nominated for best foreign actress in a lead role for Prom Night. Come on, don't you want to win a Jamie? That's kind of amazing. I mean, yes. wanna, it needs, yeah. I mean, if America could catch up to that, that'd, that'd be amazing. Yep. Yeah. But, yeah. So, but it's interesting because Canadians don't know a lot about. They know nothing. The yep. Culture. Because I, I there's a, t- a TV show. I don't know if you guys again. You're a little older, so I might. Oh my God! Are you going to bring up today's special again? Yes, yes, I have to. <laughs> Hold on, I need to eat so I can take my back pill. Where's <laughs> <laughs> my TV you know, guy? A TV show here that was. I mean, it was really popular. Patrick, you remember we talked about it. Today's special. <laughs> today's special. It was like a really popular. It was on PBS. It was on Nickelodeon and PBS, and. Um, Anyway, it was, it was like my favorite show was like, you know, my sister and I watched it, you know, and uh, every time I ask a Canadian, I kind of, it's a reference point. It's kind of a stupid conversation piece, but whatever, you know. Uh-huh. They have I mean, no idea what you're talking about. I, mean, yeah, oh, I was like, I understand. Yeah, I have no idea what the hell I'm talking about. It's like, this is you from your country. You know, Listen, and then there Manny, what you just did there, that's, I, I do that too. It's a little test to see, like, can we be friends? You yeah. Know? Uh-huh. Like, can we connect on some other... You know, because I don't want to sit there and talk about Celine Dion or, like, you know, Justin Bieber or whatever the hell else is Canadian nowadays. But, you know, well, the golden age of Canada was, uh, you know, the 80s, well, listen, 70s this, and 80s. This is how you really embarrass them. Getting back to Canadian trivia. Just oh, like, my God. Apologies to all my Canadian Canada. listeners right now. But please no, I love Canada. I do, but too. But what the national love, sport of, of Canada is. They'll get it wrong. I... <laughs> Well, no, I, but, clearly I would it, think it, it was hockey, but it's probably not. It's not. It's lacrosse, Pro, and even oh. they will get that wrong, so all right. See, even they don't know what their own national sport is. Okay, right. so enough of that. Now, what you were talking about was this, like, treasure trove of actors, and I think it's a nice segue is to talk about the most obvious thing in this movie mm-hmm. is the big breakaway from her TV little perfect little princess role, Melissa Sue Anderson from Little yeah. House on the Prairie, is the star of this. Yep. It's, I think it was designed as a vehicle to get her off that show, and it just put her back on with yeah. less to do. <laughs> and they made her blind. you got to come back, or you're going to be blind, and we're going to burn and your it, baby, too. And, and in one of oh, Patrick's we're back to dead babies, Manny. <laughs> yeah, more dead babies. But hey, in, the, in one of Patrick's favorite moments, I think she actually brought a piece of wardrobe from Little House on the Prairie to wear in one scene. Oh, no, no, no. no. The other girl had it on. Anne has the worst outfits, and she's a great. I love Anne, but all of her outfits are terrible. But anyway, we're not there yet. So yeah, I think. You know, how do you guys think she did? Uh, huh. Okay. Well, you know what? It, it never. Uh, I I I think she's okay. I don't think I don't think she's the problem with with the movie. No, you she's, know, not. But, uh, she's not. She's not. Then, by for God's sake, they didn't have an ending while they were shooting. That's a big problem. <laughs> yeah, I I have the script, and it's it's you know she she was. She was the killer. I mean, I mean, uh, there was no Scooby Doo with the mask coming uh, off. Because I had heard that there was a you version know, so. that existed. Uh, it's a script out there that it was the ghost of the mother possessing her. Oh no, I didn't. I didn't read that one. So yeah, no. no this one is, is just very straightforward, and I think it, they did one of those things. So they decided to like shoot the ending, but did not, and give it a new villain, but without changing anything that came before it. Like when they reshot the ending of Sliver, it's like you at least you gotta go back and give it, you know. So. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. there's a lot of stuff in here that just, it, I mean, there's red herring. Red herrings are fine, but some stuff is like, just, wait, wait, wait. That's what you just set up is possible when you go back and look at how the timing of thing goes. I'm like, that killer can't be there and there at the and, same time. Yeah. Sure, sure. 
Hold on, I'm going to go put on my elaborate latex mask appliance <laughs> just oh. so I can kill someone. Yeah. Oh. oh, girl, we're going to get there. And, of course, the other big star in this is Glenn Ford. Right. Yeah, whiskey money. Whiskey money whiskey and a <laughs> huge pain in the ass on set. Yeah, and he's yeah. Canadian. It's, oh, is he really? Yeah, so, you oh, know, you're co- no. um, you, you have to cast a certain amount of Canadian actors for a, 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 a production like that. And uh, Glenn, Glenn fit the, the Canadian... Um, Film trust fund yeah. thing. So, yeah. Well, we also thought we also thought that maybe because it's directed by Jamie Thompson, who mm-hmm. was at. A, I mean, he directed the Guns of Navarone, the original Cape Fear. Yeah. Like he had like some pedigree early in his career, so we thought maybe maybe that kind of also sort of helped Glenn Ford jump on board yeah, to have sort of yeah. somewhat established. Director. They sold it to him as a classy mystery or something. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, within but, directing, who later on he went on to do the canon move, all those canon films, including King yeah. Solomon's Minds with Richard Chamberlain and Sharon Stone. Or, or like that, Stone. That's with four and that's five. That's with four, yeah. 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 And Firewalker so, with Chuck Norris. Because I always, I love to used to say that, like, oh, Jay Lee Thompson, you know, it's like he, he comes and does this, like, sleazy slasher movie, but it was nothing compared to the stuff he did for Canon. Not know, at so. all. Not at all. It was kind of the halfway point, I think. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Our brother's got to eat. Uh-huh. Yeah. It was the turning point of his career. Well, if yeah. you could do that, you have no problem doing this. This, yeah. <laughs> well, okay, so let's get into the movie itself. We've danced okay. around it for a long time. So, okay, I'm going to give this to you, Brian. Brian, please give me a 30-second elevator speech plot summary, the basic plot summary of Happy Birthday to Me. Go. Um, Teenage Virginia comes back to town after being away and with her new group of friends start dying one by one. Um, And towards the big night of her birthday party, and none of this makes any sense. And and yeah, yeah, perfect, perfect. No, that's, that's perfect. Good for that's me. Perfect description. Yeah, that is that is exactly what it is. Uh, on yeah. leading up to her birthday party, one by one by one, all the members of the Crawford Top Ten Virginia's friends start to disappear. Well, we I mean, know the they're being 10. murdered, but they don't know that the top yeah. ten. The top ten. Can, can I can we just talk for a moment? I'm just very sad that it wasn't the Joan Crawford Academy. <laughs> Of course. Of course. I, I, how did I know that we were going to go there? I love it. Yeah. Because you I kinda, just have to. It, it's timely. Yeah. You know, feuds happening. So why not? Why not? They're mm-hmm. all bitchy right. enough to be. They, they all, <laughs> I can see them all hitting their children later on. That's where you find the boys and the booze, apparently, at Crawford Academy. Yes. <laughs> oh, it's, it's and you the, are underreacting. It's the Christina <laughs> Crawford. Oh, this, this, is, this is where they sent Christina to. Yep. Wait, she, oh, okay. Now I understand where she got kicked out of. Now I understand. Watching it. For the podcast this time, I was amazed how quickly I had to take a note for something that was yeah. completely ridiculous. Because uh, it opens up, you know, we got uh, uh, Leslie Donaldson and yeah, my dear friend. We love Leslie Donaldson. Yeah, I've met her several times. She's a sweetheart. Is she? Uh, mm-hmm. Is she in the cookbook? She's in the cookbook, and they, she did an episode of Cafe Himbo filmed at my house, and she gave me all the dirt on Happy Birthday to Me. So. Okay, oh, my God, please, that's awesome. Please. So, wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait, wait, you skimmed wait. over, like, the, the cookbook. Like we, I was, the coming, I was coming back to the cookbook. I was coming back to oh. the cookbook. I was coming back to it. I was going to say, Brian, please explain what cookbook we're talking about. Okay. But my my good friend Joe Zazzo is horror himbo. Oh, yeah. He's basically yeah. a male bimbo. But anyway, he, he had his He's cooking a cook. show. Yeah, I know. Yeah. yeah. 
and and every episode we'd get like a person who was famous from these movies and they'd come over and they'd cook a dish together and Leslie was the guest on one of the episodes but it was filmed in my awesome old apartment which is just all horror movie memorabilia but Leslie had been in like Curtains Deadly Eyes you know just awesome Canadian actress and she got a genie nomination for Funeral Home there you look really? at that that movie's terrible yeah <laughs> oh my god I just saw that recently yeah. on YouTube where it's like her grandma or something yeah. yep. the funeral home she goes back to yeah, yeah oh my that's god the one. yeah that's yeah. the one. Anyway, she's walking through the parking lot at night, and it's like five seconds into the movie. She trips over the dog leash of the headmistress, and the headmistress looks at her and says, Bernadette O'Hara, do you have any idea what time it is? Where are you going? Bernadette O'Hara! Like the Bernadette, like the headmistress yep. is fucking Barry Fitzgerald. <laughs> right, right, right. And, and this is the whole hour you're doing the Mrs. Patterson imitation. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, it had the name that she has to start off with. It's Bernadette O'Hara, like the most Irish fucking naming. <laughs> and I thought I gave the woman credit for a moment. I'm like, okay, maybe she's an Irish Irish actress. I looked her up on IMDb. Bitches from Saskatchewan. Oh, that's this is a choice. She's a major Canadian actress. This was a choice to come up with this absolutely lucky charms bullshit accent. Very oh. proud of that choice. I'm, I assure you. The great uh, Francis Hyde. So, oh. but the, but this all this scene also introduced the character who for me did not get enough screen time and that's Winston. Winston, the the uh, pit, the, the bulldog. Yeah. Yes, that she trips over. And what happens in the scene, guys? Uh, that's where I learned she she trips over the dog and 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 uh, she gets shamed for being out too late. But then she makes a joke about giving the dog head. Yeah, she says, "Come along, Winston." No, getting head, head from the dog. Oh, Winston, give mommy head. <laughs> head, so, which, uh, which from a bulldog is even extra gross because it, it's all it slobbery anyway. I'm sorry, Manny, I'm talking over you. It's all right. No, the thing is, it, it cracks her up because she has this big, you know, laugh over it. Oh, yeah, oh that, that crazy, like, Shanita giggle. Insanity. Wearing her white stockings and, and dancing shoes. <laughs> okay, is this, is this a high school oh, or a college? Understand. High school. Basically. It is a high school because it really plays like a fucking college. It doesn't help that everybody's forty. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Older, and then they go, to, they go to have beers and, and drinks and stuff. Well, I don't know well, the drinking laws. Different time, but, but yeah, yeah, and they don't act like teenagers either or talk like them. It's very strange. Right. Very strange place, but you know, it's white people in Canada, rich white people. I just that's just the way it is. So what happens then? She's supposed to get in her car, right? Yeah. To, to go meet yeah. her friend at the at the um, the Scarlet Woman. She's going silent to the, woman. The silent woman, yes. She doesn't have a head. And, and this is Wait, where the we silent woman? The, the silent woman? The silent woman is the name of the pub. Oh, shit, yeah, because the, the logo over it is a woman with no head. That's what she's silent. <laughs> Some of us don't even have to take notes to talk about this movie. But Apparently. I, and, <laughs> um, but then that's where we, 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 uh, she's, she's attacked. And we learned that there is a, 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 a black-gloved killer and wearing very harmless-looking white tennis shoes, which is just stupid, uh-huh. stupid idea. Well, that was all that was available <laughs> in, you know, Saskatoon at the time or wherever they found that <laughs> Least menacing guy really, And if you're going to be carving people up, white shoes is not the thing to be wearing. <laughs> I, I agree with this. You're not after leaving. That wasn't the plan, to carve Bernadette up anyway. Because she gets strangled from the back seat. Yes. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That was but, the initial... But she does a really cool fake out. Yeah. 
And she kicks the door open. Right. She, she, she goes limp for a while, and the killer's like, oh, this person must be dead. But no! Which I think is actually kind of a cool moment. Like, it, it doesn't just stop there, because you kind of think, oh, maybe she might, if you haven't seen it. That right. You, you think she might actually get away. You yeah. Know? yeah. So it's a kind of a cool little, I don't know, it's a little different. Well, having seen a lot of these movies in the theater, I've, I've, a lot of people have yelled at the screen that when someone's getting attacked, like, I would pretend I was dead. I would pretend I was yeah. dead. You know, right, and, right. and she actually did it. So She yeah. does. She, did. she gets away in for, oh, well, from the initial. Yeah. And this is me being true crime guy. I'm like, well, actually, you know, manual strangulation is extremely difficult. It's more difficult <laughs> than they make it look yeah. like in the movies, which yeah. is why people are found beaten and strangled or stabbed and strangled because they went in to strangle somebody and found out that it's really fucking it's hard to hard. do. Yeah, yeah, sure. And especially when you find out who the killer is, it makes double sense that it would be very hard to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I so love we'll that a- she, 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 she gets out of this death grip, but she flees the car, and she does one of those things that I hate in horror movies where she runs three feet and stops. But she runs three feet into her beautiful key light. She runs into like one of those uh, Morticia Adams like light bars oh, that yeah. goes just across her eyes. <laughs> it's like total like from 50s filmmaking, but she runs yeah. into this beautiful... Yeah. Yes. I like so. Yes, and we yeah. had just seen two people walk past the car while she's being strangled. Right. She doesn't scream. She's not yelling for help. She's on a high school campus. Eh, I'm just going to run. Oh, oh, I'm so tired now. And she'll run another few feet and stop. And I hate that. I hate you know, that. It drives me crazy. But, uh, you know, and it's interesting because uh, clearly every car she tries, every car is unlocked conveniently. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just Canada. Yeah, can, can, well, yeah but then, then somebody bumps into her and she turns around. She's so relieved and she says, well, so many people say this movie, oh, it's you. <laughs> what are you doing here? Yeah. yeah. What are you doing here? <laughs> so, so many people. It's so many people's last lines. <laughs> yes, yes. But I, I love the, the, the over-the-shoulder of her and the, and, the, and the killer. And the killer is obviously like a seven-foot-tall, menacing yes. person. I was just yes. going to say, they're always taller. And she's like looking up at him like, uh, it's you. Thank God it's you. It's like, <laughs> this movie's going to cheat. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but unfortunately, it, it, it might be someone she knows, but it's not a friend because what happens? Well, she gets her throat slit. That's yeah, right. That's right. Mm-hmm. Takes out a straight razor and just sla- razor and just slices her right there in the parking lot. In a in a in a in a scene that apparently was one time so gloriously gory. Leslie was telling me that they, they Tom Berman did the effects and they put like these mm-hmm. uh, multiple tubes with air pressure guns oh, wow. and it was like. And she said that the funny thing about Jaylee Thompson was he was so old. And he had such a British accent, but he kept saying, more blood, more blood, more blood. I was so, reading that. I was reading that, that he yeah. would run into scenes and just start yeah. throwing buckets around, like, not blood yeah. enough, not blood enough. Yeah. But, the, but the person... There is a picture of her... The person was poisoned. Breath. Why are you throwing blood around? <laughs> <laughs> happen, but you know what I mean. Exactly. On the back of the DVD, there is a picture of her dead with the slit throat, but they actually, like, photoshopped the slit out. So, I don't know. Oh. Yeah. That's weird. Yeah. Kid friendly. Yeah, but but the but the poster on the front is totally fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally fine. The, the poster on the front is Leslie. Isn't that funny? It's like, is it? <laughs> yeah. Look at it. It's it's, to, it's totally her. No. Yep. All right. I'm pretty sure. I mean, okay. It's, well, it's, you'll, it's you'll have to ask her next time she comes over to cook something for you. Oh, I did. She had no idea. She's like, huh? I was in what? You know? <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, true. Okay. Okay. She's like, yeah, whatever. Uh huh. Where's the booze? <laughs> so that's our first murder. 
Anyway, but now we get to meet all the rest of the happy-go-lucky teenagers, and I have to say something, get it off my chest right now, that aside from everybody in the top ten being like 40 years old, which, okay, mm-hmm. that's, that's a horror movie standard, it's not a big thing, but apparently they couldn't find any good-looking men in Canada at all, because they got a whole bunch of Ugmos. I, yeah. These are some ugly dudes. Yeah, I... There isn't a stud in, in, in the lot, that's for sure. A lot of people, though, thought Matt Craven, the shish kebab victim, who was in every Canadian movie, a lot of people thought he was hot. And technically, he's the hot one in Meatballs. Yeah. Well, I mean... We had that Rex okay. Smith thing going on. Yeah. For another think, 70s yeah, I think, reference. I know. I think... Oh, right. And the other Pirates guy was Pants also Pants. with this. <laughs> Pir- 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 Pirates of Pants, 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 that's correct. <laughs> Sorry, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, the, uh, Alfred, the the nerdy guy, he he played Spaz in Meatballs. Isn't that wow. weird? It's like oh, no, so they, they were both in that. Yeah, yeah. all Canada. Yeah, another Genie Award winner. But uh, yeah, there are no cute guys. <laughs> no, no, they're all really hideous, and all of these kids are obnoxious. Yeah, this, yeah. I've it's written. I mean, it's written so that they're obnoxious. It's not like a directorial choice. They're like, oh, they're just you know. You know, shithead actors making everybody obnoxious. It is a choice to make these kids quite unlikable. Yeah, and people that wouldn't really hang out. I mean, but that's a, a horror movie trope a lot of times, is these groups of kids that, like, they would never hang out with each other, these personality types. You know? Yeah. Well, I'm guessing, well, I mean... What I'm are you just talking about? They're all white. They probably they hang all out private with each other. school. They all know each other. <laughs> yeah, private school, and they're rich, and they're the top bad, ten. They're the top... Ten. They've been voted into these positions, apparently. Yeah, which they keep mentioning, but it's never like followed through. Top ten of what? Because I, I know what the. How stupid. do you get in? Like, what's the criteria? Well, apparently, he has to be willing to sleep with anybody in that group because there's this weird sexual Russian roulette thing that goes on constantly. People are just swapping partners for this yeah. very short amount of time that the movie runs. <laughs> People are just everybody's dating everybody in this group. Very incestuous. Very weird. Yes. So you don't think the blonde guy? He's who the best. lifts the weights? You don't think he was cute? He was oh, the cute. French guy? No, no, no. 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 The, the one was who was he, oh no, 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 actually the the, the the guy that was dating that. Well, I got Lisa Legba. Yeah. He was with the um, the finger wave girl. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> who I adore. I mean, I, we'll come back to her. Yeah, I just don't think that there's that. I don't know about ugly per se, but there's no like. <laughs> I used to think he was so muscular, and now you look at him and like, oh my god! <laughs> well, he was eighties muscular. It was a different yeah. time, and Canadian muscular. It's different. <laughs> yeah, they had to use a noodleless system, not a nautilus. I'm sorry, that was stupid. But we learned oh, something body that we learned. Crunch, actually, crunch. <laughs> something yeah. that we learned in this scene is that Shriners really know how to party. They are party fucking animals. Ninety-nine bottles of beer on the wall. Bunch of six-year-old men. Nice, and in the public domain, so it was cost-effective. There you go. <laughs> Even I, I wanted like. to kill them. I know. Man, they don't stop. Oh, it's it, that's. Ugh. But Patrick, I don't blame. I don't. I don't blame the top ten for uh, being annoyed. But you you do you do hit on something there because um, what when the Anne says oh let me see uh, your little mouse George so Anne knows that this is Alfred's like prized pet uh-huh. mm-hmm. and she's still willing to have it 
she's like, oh, sorry, I lost him. And she's still willing to throw it. Like, the mouse is going to get killed by being thrown in someone's beer. They hate each other. They're so mean to each other. Yeah. Everyone in this movie yeah. is a horrible person. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that is very true. Which does not, again, does not make them likable. Like, they don't even like each other. Which may, It's a very weird dynamic for a group in this kind of a movie. But mm-hmm. you know, normally you want to empathize with them. But, I mean... Yes, this whole thing happens with the Shriners, and personally, this is me as a gay musical theater queen, that I was very sorry that, you know, Cheetah Rivera didn't show up to do the Shriners ballet, but, you know, whatever, because that would have been amazing, or Rita Moreno, or Janet Lee, whoever is doing it at the, at the time. I don't care. I was very sad that that didn't the happen. Williams in the Williams in the early 90s. Yes. But anyway, they get thrown out because it's a big bar fight, because this whole stupid thing with the mouse, and what do they do? They don't just go oh. home. What do they do? They go and jump the bridge. It's the game. Let's play the okay, game, everybody. The game. What do you call that? The br- it's a bridge, right? A, it's a, a drawbridge. Gate? A, a, a drawbridge. drawbridge, yeah. Drawbridge, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which apparently nobody is manning. Right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Very evidence later on in the flash in a flashback. <laughs> nobody is paying attention to anything that's happening on this bridge. But yeah, they decide, oh, the bridge is going up, so they play chicken by jumping over the bridge in their cars. You know, as the uh, bridge keeps going up and up, it's like, oh, who's going to chicken out and not do it? And poor Anne has got, like, some shitty Ford Escort, you know? She's supposed to be a rich one. She's got a shitty little car. Well, apparently, for as much as we make fun of Canada, they apparently have amazing shock absorbers. Shock, shock absorb- yeah, 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 yeah. Cause, and plus, Greg's car. Because oh, Greg's demolished. the last one to go over. He lands yeah. on his no- on the nose of the car. The bumper's off. It's all scrunched. But in the next seat, it's totally it's fixed. Fine. It's, it's, it's fine. It's totally fine. And it's fixed. no big deal. So and every car in Canada bucks. is also Christine. <laughs> Yeah, he won 20 bucks. That's enough to fix the damage. What are you talking about? 20 Canadian dollars, no less. Mm. <laughs> and that's what pisses her off, that she flies out of the car. She, you know, she didn't like that very much. Right. Virginia. Well, because we're not she talking, goes and walks through. I want to kind of gloss over all of her backstory here in like one big yeah. lump sum, because Virginia, yeah. aside from being a member of this group, who's just returned after being away for four years, well, why, why was she away? What's going on with her, boys? Well, she had an operation. Uh, she had a well. She had a what? A traumatic experience, right? Yes. So she had to ha- and had to have surgery, brain surgery. Yes. Uh, the experimental brain surgery, right? Yes. yes. With the experimental, and, and lost yeah. her memory. Yes. That's right. And her first flashback, <laughs> she's unconscious in. Which, <laughs> That's which very was interesting. True. That's very true. Yeah, she's having uh, an out-of-body experience. It's just yeah, she's remembering when above she's herself. Yes, it's a whole thing that happens. But yeah, so there's That's a lot of one, there's fair. a lot of flashbacks throughout the movie uh, and things that are triggering her to remember things. And this is the first one and kind of the inciting incident for everything that happens to her after, because whatever bad thing happened that started all this four years ago started on that bridge. That's all I mm-hmm. wanted to say. So yes. she's flipping out in the car, and yes. They did kind of have a serious accident, even though everybody's like, yeah, whatever, yay, he yeah, made it. Yeah. It's crazy. Uh, and she you know, flings herself out of the car and runs away, and everyone's like, why is she so mad? And conveniently, she just lives over there, which right. <laughs> used she to bother lives, me when I was little. She lives over there, and conveniently, apparently, the cemetery is her backyard. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and she conveniently has shears next yeah. to the grave to trim It's a hair. hammer movie, you guys. Suddenly, yes. it turns into a hammer movie. Yes, yeah. because... She stops on the way home. She's so upset that she has to stop and visit the grave of her mother. So we learn something else about her that she does. Her mom is dead. Yeah. Oh, because she actually says out loud, oh, mother, it's been like 
years since you died. I mean, it's like exposition, exposition. It's so sad that you are dead and I am alive still. Yeah. Let, let me, me trim the let me, let me trim, <laughs> so trim these weeds by moonlight. Yeah. <laughs> With yeah. these conveniently boxed chairs that I keep here. <laughs> Which apparently I can do because it's our property. I don't know who those people buried on our property. But, yes, yeah, so she goes back home and her dad's there. I meet her dad and they have this... What I have to say, what I think is fun with her in this, is that she has, like, Nomi Malone mood swings. Yeah, he does. She, she goes from, like, zero, zero normal level conversation to 15 in a heartbeat. <laughs> she snaps on her dad here because the dad was mad that she was staying out late and went to her, her mother's grave. Jenny, yeah. I thought we agreed. No, we didn't agree. You told me what to do. I don't even have the right to go visit my own mother's grave. Jenny, Jenny, Jenny. Weird, sort of longing looks and touchy feely. I don't know. There's a lot of weird vibes in this movie. There's a lot of weird energy between her and her father, and there's a lot of weird energy between her and Glenn Ford. But we'll come back to him shortly because we have other things to talk about. Right. Because she gets to go upstairs now, and she's getting ready for bed. And I know what you're going to say. There's many things things to talk about here. One of my favorite things is that she turns on the radio, and it's like this wonderful, generic, fake rock thing. It's like the theme from Cannibal Run. That no teenager would listen to. With no no lyrics or anything. It's instrumental. Uh She takes her clothes off. And hangs them up, which I think is great. Just put them in the laundry. She hangs them back up. Everything beige. <laughs> everything is beige. The bras and panties. Everything is beige because a it's canon. It's the '80s, and I pointed this out in an earlier podcast because I realized watching some of these movies now, especially back to back to back, that the underwear game in the '80s was nothing like it is today. No, 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 no. no. You're in a movie. That's- you're in a movie, and you're wearing that for sexy underwear. Are you kidding me? Ugh. <laughs> <sighs> Did you also notice he's a, a Genesis fan, which was really there's a Genesis poster on the band Genesis. I didn't. I did not notice that. Uh, ah, someone steals money. <laughs> Never heard of. Yeah, but she's getting ready to take a bath before bed, and someone has followed her. Somebody has snuck into her room and it's peeking through mm. the window. And I guess this is a big deal. I guess it was a pretty big deal to see you know TV sweetheart oh, running sure. around in a bra. Mm-hmm. And her ugly beige bra and her little beige oh bra and panty set. With embroidered. embroidered. Well, the bra was not embroidered. We, we saved the horror no, no, of the embroidery. Oh, not the bra. Oh, the panties. I'm sorry. You're the about panties the were embroidered. Don't <laughs> worry. You jump the gun here. You jump right to the panties. Because sorry, while, while she's getting wait. ready for bed, whoever has broken in steals this pair of panties that she's left on the ground, and they are hideous. <laughs> you're so mean. <laughs> they are terrible. <laughs> Uh, they're, they're, they're like embroidered, but not just embroidered. It's like this thick embroidery. It's almost yarn, with like little flowers yeah. and shit. And again, oh beige, crumple, gross. Somebody steals these nasty-ass panties, which, as Sri pointed out, like somebody checked those off. Somebody said, we need panties. These are the ones we're going to get. Or worse, somebody did a costume sketch, and that was what they picked. That, that um, have you ever been to the Eagle where you could buy dirty jock straps? So we might be even there, you know. Did uh, they have any embroidered ones? They could do that. They do that at the Eagle in in New York. I, I wouldn't know. Sorry, I, I have no, I have no idea. Oh, because well, no... we have the Eagle in San Francisco, but you know, I might have to. No, but I do know that. Oh like, my God, Kitty! Like even, even Zazo has these like creepy guys like who like want to buy his underwear and stuff like that. So yeah. you know. Yeah. 
So, yeah, but, anyway. but this was this was not a cash transaction. This was a theft. This was a crime. Yeah, well, you can hang him on his moose head, you know. And ultimately, this is another scene that means nothing. Like it's oh, yeah. a very long scene. It's a very long scene of her getting undressed and getting ready for the tub, and somebody sneaking around in, and the windows open, and the windows close, and the windows open again. Who gives a shit? I don't care anymore. Because mm-hmm. ultimately, this means nothing. And it turns out it's this French dude that they hang out with. Yeah. Etienne. Etienne, who yeah. luckily only has like two lines of dialogue because he is unintelligible. <laughs> no, we don't know it's him yet. We just know that somebody has broken in and whatever. Well, we, we, can... do, we do. We don't. We find out when he kind of <laughs> finds out. Yeah. Do yeah. we? Okay. All right. You're right. I don't remember. Sorry. I was. I, I was so horrified by the panties. My eyes were still covered. <laughs> I know. I was shell shocked. You were shell shocked. I really wanted them to say like they were. They were so tacky that I really wanted them to say like Tuesday on them. Yeah. And then cut to the calendar that says Friday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, because it was a school night, because now we're back at school in the next scene. Okay, Thursday at least. So she wore them three days in a row. <laughs> well, she just hung them back up with the rest of the dirty clothes. I mean, she didn't even put them in another closet for the maid to get, because I'm assuming they must have maid service, because they're rich white people in Canada, because why the fuck not? With an enormous yard. Well, well... <laughs> You have to to fit all grapes. Yeah. Well, the grapes are on the back. <laughs> I know, but this is from the future. She's gonna want to, her friends are gonna wind up there soon. So. Eighty-five acres of land. Jesus Christ! <laughs> I know that paper boy later on is riding up that driveway for like twenty-five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna be here all night. I don't care. Okay. I don't care. This is fabulous. No. Oh God. Oh, and so in this scene, we have the, the headmistress addressing everybody, and Anne, who is Virginia's best friend, uh, they come in late, and she makes this crack. The headmistress makes some cracks, just because she's talking about it. And Bernadette had a... She's like, well, you know, entire, you know she's yelling about the people, uh, what happened to the silent woman last night. She's like, well, you have to represent Crawford Academy you know, ideals at all times, and if this incident continues... I'm sorry. And if these incidents continue, then, then the finest woman will be off limits for the rest of your term. Out of bounds. Yes. Out yep. of bounds. Not the, the ideals of decency and humanity and kindness and punctuality. And she says to the two girls that came in late, she said, I take it that Bernadette O'Hara is late also. And my note was, Yes, she's very late. And then the late Bernadette O'Hara, as a matter of fact. Because I'm hilarious. Yes. I I, I like her. Yeah, I do like her. And then we have this ridiculous scene with the science teacher. Who again? Oh, yeah. With with the tiny moment of 80s animation. Oh, that really bad animation. Did you notice, like, when he's he's giving the frog uh, electrical shock to make it move, it's clearly a hole in with a wire that's oh, no, the coat no, hanger no. That, that that's making the leg move. I mean you can even on the VHS you could see it. It's like being Why are you ruining the fantasy, Brian? <laughs> no, because we keep talking about like, oh it was a classy production, big director, and like some of it, like the car stuff with the car braking, is so sloppy at the yeah. same time. So anyway. Yeah. Yeah. But again, this is like another one of these scenes that I guess it leads to another flashback because one of the things that Bur- uh, that Virginia has gone through, like she not just had brain surgery, but it was this whole other thing around it that, you know, they get to talk about at length and none of it makes all bullshit pseudoscience that, you know, electricity was used to re-stimulate 
Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Her brain is a guinea pig thing. Hey, uh, Salamander loses a tail. Grows a new one. And, uh, Dr. Feinblum found that when this happens, the, uh, Salamander's nervous system creates a kind of a electric field around the site of the wound. So what he did was he developed this apparatus which reproduced this field in human beings. And this field brought about a regeneration and a healing of uh, broken bones or damaged tissue or in internal organs. And brain cells. You were the first. A guinea pig. Yes, but a very successful guinea pig. And watching the frog little leg kicking in the science experiment triggers another flashback. Yes. Right. That is the only point of this scene. And, but now we have a scene. Now we get to finally meet Glenn Ford because she's concerned because she's remembering things. And she has to keep checking in with her psychiatrist or whatever mm-hmm. he is to her. Uh, but that's what, you don't know that. You don't know who the hell he is until like multiple scenes because she just calls him, what's it, Jason, Justin? David, yeah. She David. David, yeah. She calls him David. So he's like, who the hell is this guy? <laughs> well, and he's not, he's, like, he's not exactly dressed like a professional doctor no, of any kind, kind of talk- because he's wearing his shirt wide open. He's got one of those 70s medallions on a gold chain. Yeah. I'm like, it's Glenn Ford. And you're like, 70 years old. What's happening here? Yeah, yeah. I'm it's just weird. And then she, again, she has that weird sort of like she drapes over him. and I don't know. Yeah, I was just, I didn't know who, what, what he was supposed to be until later on. You yeah, know. their relationship is very unethical. <laughs> nope. Too much touching, too much hand kissing. It's just very strange, very weird. Very <laughs> and first name basis, not allowed. <laughs> yeah, but it's pretty much there to introduce him, and you know he's there yeah. for all the exposition on what happened to her, and it's all long and boring, and I, we just summed it up in 30 seconds, and that's fine. But now we get to discover that the kids at Crawford Academy really love these extracurricular activities. They are, like, <laughs> violently involved in all of them. Because we're at this, uh, what do you call them? Yeah, uh, oh, yeah, dirt bike, motorbike, yeah. Motor, yeah, yeah. Motor, uh, motocross race. And, and stupid French guy is racing, and everybody's just screaming like it's the most important thing in the world. Yeah, they're really, really into it. They're really, really into it. And it's also a funny thing because from where they're standing, you can't see yeah. most of the track. Shit. Their 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 point of view lies. <laughs> yeah, so all these rich kids are hanging out in the dirt, and this is where you know Etienne wins the, the race, and then we find out that he. He stole the panties. No, it's just too bad Bernadette wasn't here to see you win. I had to win. I was carrying this neck to my heart. God, you've got a lot of nerve. That's not all I've got. Want to see? Oh. Like, I could not lose because I had this neck to my heart. I... <laughs> I'm sorry, what? <laughs> and what I love about this scene, too, is like we just saw her completely flip out on her father over nothing, like go from that yeah. zero to 15. <laughs> and I think, that, oh, she's going to snap at him. She's going to yeah. slap him when she finds out he's got the pen. No, nothing. She's just like, you're no. a jerk. You're a jerk. Give her her panties back. <laughs> no, we didn't give her her panties back. I know. That's what I'm saying. Give it back to her. And then she even leaves them. They were clearly very expensive. Her mother was, was embroidering <laughs> them. Oh, hand embroidered. It's the last panties her mom embroidered for her before she died. <laughs> In Archie's crafts. Oh my God! Demand him back. But she doesn't. But that's okay because he's about to die anyway. And then is actually one of the more bizarre deaths. Yeah, yeah. As far as murder goes, guys, please tell me what happens. He's working on his bike, on his motorbike, on his dirt bike. And Brian, what happens? 
And then uh, the the killer creeps up behind him and grabs his long uh, blue striped scarf, which everyone in the movie is wearing. It's like a visual theme, and they throw the scarf into the the, the spinning wheel. Yeah. And it's Whoa. pardon me. And he's sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, Etienne is sitting right here, um, and uh, his face is pulled into the wheel, and he turns into like eggplant parmesan. Yeah, he turns into meatloaf. <laughs> yeah. Like, it, I mean, not the singer. I mean, he turned into the food. He looked, that would have been so amazing. He just looked like Meatloaf. <laughs> that is a bizarre murder. I would know. What do you mean? Oh, no. it's, it's true because like if you guys haven't seen the movie, if you haven't, it's a, again, this looks like something that got edited. Yeah, because he goes from like sort of a face kind of getting in there to this pulpy. Out of focus, yeah, shot. Yeah, I think it was. I have a and, and and anyone who hears this, find me on Facebook, and I'll send you this this picture, this deliciously disgusting picture of oh. his, uh, like this prop head that they made of him, which is all cut out of the movie. But yeah, his face really got it because it's literally a split second. I mean, you yeah. see his face go towards the thing, you see some blood splash around, and then they cut to this blurry, out of focus that really could be anything. Yeah, yeah. definitely looks like a food. <laughs> <laughs> French food, poutine, <laughs> tartar. Yeah. <laughs> Au jus. Should we keep going? Keep or going. I'm, I'm, I'm loving it. It's very, I'm very, it's very classic. <laughs> yeah, and this is when it becomes apparent to me that no, none of these people in the top ten give a shit <laughs> that their friends are disappearing because bodies aren't being found. Mm-mm. These people have just gone missing, and this is when it dawns on me that this is one of the things I love in horror movies. I love a killer who cleans up. Yeah, because if this guy's face did turn to meatloaf, poutine, all orange, whatever the <laughs> hell we decided on, all of it, all of it, all of it. Nobody found that. So they mopped the floor, cleaned the bike. Bernadette got killed in a parking lot with her throat slit, and apparently with gushers of blood, which nobody found. So this killer, I like a tidy killer. I do too. It's very polite. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's commitment. It is, and especially if you can keep your sneakers that clean. I know, no shit. Because <laughs> they're very white before they're the meatloaf uh, murder. <laughs> meatloaf they're murder. They're the whitest in, in, in the whole movie. Uh, that's, that's the silliest thing. It looks like a 12-year-old kid with heads on. Yeah. yeah, and he's the only one that doesn't turn around and say, oh, hello, it's you, because no one would have understood what he said, said anyway. Yeah. <laughs> what? What, the killer would be like, what? Huh? What? <laughs> oh, fuck it. Throw the fucking Harry Potter scarf in there and get this bullshit over with. Yeah. Oh, yeah, so no, yeah. We go back nobody, to the pub. Yeah, yeah. we're back at the pub, and you no, know, everyone's very surprised that he doesn't show up, and the girls, mm-hmm. and and um, Virginia. <laughs> Sorry, one of my friends thought it was funny. <laughs> thought what was funny? No, he's watching something over there. So, oh, okay. Yeah. Oh. okay. <laughs> that wasn't me. I wasn't mocking anybody. I'm listening. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. No, no, well, Anne, Anne and uh, Virginia decide to play Nancy Drew. And for some reason, oh, like, yeah, 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 yeah. we're going to go stake out Alfred's house for some mm-hmm. reason. And the thing is, what we haven't talked about, Alfred is the weird one. Right. Like, I don't know why Alfred is in the top ten. Well, right. where's Black just on his own? Well, I think if he had been in another movie, it would have been the... Ca- the obligatory cast suspicion on the perverted gardener. Yeah. Or janitor. So that's Alfred is that by proxy, I think. Yeah, because so. he's, he's a teenage taxidermist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
which is automatically weird. But they decide to go play Nancy Drew. And this is when we get to see one of Anne's first hideous outfits. She is not, neither one of them are dressed for breaking and entering. Or no. stealth missions. No, none of them. No, because she's got like, a riding jacket, if I'm not mistaken. A riding or... jacket and a prairie skirt. God damn it. Yeah, God damn it. That era, is... that era of the 80s where prairie skirts were popular, that was a dark time. <laughs> that hot minute, that was bad. That was bad. And I, I, I'm in my fantasy, I imagine them bringing that outfit to Melissa Sue Anderson, her being like, are you fucking kidding me? I'm not wearing a fucking prairie skirt. Excuse me, Genie Award nominee for best costume. <laughs> All I'm going to say is going to piss on my territory right there. Either you're right or all in Canada is wrong. Or <laughs> uh-huh. I ain't winning. But that's why it's just a nominee and not a winner. Okay. I agree. <laughs> you know, they, they, I want to know who won. I want to know who won instead. We'll have to look that up. I can't imagine. <laughs> Strange brew. <laughs> like visiting hours or something. <laughs> Terror train. It was four years ago, but we're going to give it to it anyway. For it's a good job. It was a good job. Uh, yeah, it's funny. They're, they're breaking in there. They can't get through the damn window because their skirts are so long. But what do they find in there? They, well, they find uh, Bernadette O'Hara, a.k.a. Leslie Donaldson. They find her severed head, or what they think is her severed head. But it turns out this is where we learn that Alfred makes props, and he can make these special effects. And it's clearly... Like the actress, the, I'm sorry, I forgot her name, but you've had her over your house. So. Oh, you know, it's clearly her, like sitting on a swivel chair. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's so funny because the same fate happens to her in curtains. Only her head is in a toilet. toilet. Like another one sitting on a chair with her head in a <laughs> toilet. Like I went to I went to acting school for this, you know. Oh so. well. Well, at least she's not in a <laughs> toilet in this one. It's a step yeah, up. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. 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 I imagine spending nine hours on set in a fucking toilet. Fuck that. You keep Terrible. saying to yourself, it's a Jaylee Thompson film. It's a Jaylee Thompson <laughs> film. Yeah. Working yeah, on- yeah. But the thing is, Alfred catches them in there. And this is the thing that all the guys in this don't act normal, ever. No. Immediately goes into creepy, suspicious mode. And, and so pretty. Tra- all of you, yeah, he, he, he turns into that. Yep. Maybe you were worried about Bernadette. What about poor little Bernadette? How do you like her? My latest masterpiece. She is a masterpiece, isn't she? I'm, I'm very proud of her. I'll tell you something. If you're both very good, you can be my next model. I guess, well, maybe. And, and then he pulls out her eye out, very Sandy Duncan. Very Sandy <laughs> Ooh, that's funny. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love you. blended with the real actress and the prop head. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, if they had gotten Sandy Duncan, she could have done it without any... <laughs> <laughs> Actually, there's a band called Sandy Duncan's Eye. <laughs> there really is. Of course there is. Of course there is. I love that. That's terrible. That's terrible. I used to have that. She used to do Wheat Thin commercial. Jesus, I hope all your listeners are over 50 or else they're not going to I don't give a shit. I don't give a shit. Uh, because this, this is what they don't pay for, okay? I remember she used to do Wheat Thin commercials, total sidebar here. And she'd be like, I just love eating them out of the box one after the other. And we used to say, because we were horrible children, and I just love popping them into my pocket one It's so mean. This is probably the kind of Rogan family says. <laughs> Is she listening? Is she going to be upset? Has she heard none of this before? Has she not heard every joke about her fucking glass eye? Uh, oh, my God. 
But <laughs> the thing is, okay, okay. Did, I, did I lose you? Okay. No, no. Oh, the other thing that Anne is wearing in this scene that is amazing that I forgot. I just looked at my notes. Not only is she wearing a prairie skirt, she's wearing this ring of chunky beads <laughs> on the crown of her head, like a fuck. Well, like a crown, and these brown lumpy ass beads. I don't know how they would stand on head. Like you know what this outfit needs? Turds on a string. You're gorgeous. Go. You're in a movie. And it's a, I love Anne. And she's a gorgeous girl, but they stick her in shitty outfit after shitty outfit after shitty outfit. None of the outfits, uh, of the outfits are as bad except for hers. Maybe it was a clue. <sighs> yeah. Uh, but, and this is, this is another one of these scenes that has very strange because it's not like anything that any high school kids would say. At a certain point, I don't remember what's <laughs> happening, but Anne's like, Hey, you want to go to the movies tonight? The film society showing high noon. We can get the whole gang to go. Sounds great. I love Gary Cooper. I love Gary yeah. Cooper. <laughs> yeah. And I, I just want you to know what I wrote down in my notes was I love Gary Coleman. <laughs> you love Gary Coleman? Too, Gary Coleman. Too, too soon. Too, oh, soon. Coleman. too soon. That's a whole different. I love Gary Coleman. <laughs> Gary Coleman. Oh Gary Collins is somebody else in particular. Then <laughs> nobody knows who that is. If they don't know who Eddie Duncan is, they're never going to know who Gary Collins is. They are. Oh my God. We're so We're old. Get into the AARP community. Anyway, and they go to the movie, which is no big deal. But then it's just setting up that you know, after the movie, Greg has to go work out, which is what you do at ten o'clock after a movie. But wait, I have to get back to their choice of high noon because it's not even like they were going to use that they would have to pay for, but they say high noon, uh-huh. and it's just, this movie is made by people who have not met a teenager. It's like, no. the director's like an old man trying to sound like a teenager. No, like, oh, we'll have just, a sarsaparilla at the old uh, <laughs> jacks down at the soda fountain. You know, yeah. so. <laughs> they could have just gone to the movies. Yeah. yeah. And like, Gary Cooper might be watching yeah. and be like, oh, they gave me a nod. Thanks. Props to Gary Cooper. No, he's dead. Or I'm sure he's dead at the time. It's so weird. It's weird. It's weird. It's weird. It's weird. It's weird. But now Greg goes to work out, and this is another one of the bizarre murders that I actually enjoy. Oh, this is another? Oh, yeah. it's you. Yes. Yes, well, he has a nice, long, leisurely conversation with his killer before. Yeah. With his killer <laughs> never, never finds it odd that the, the, that the person never speaks to him. Never speaks back. Never answers back. So what happens, guys? Well, it's, you know, one of those, oh, hey, I'm going to lift weights, and, and, and I'm going to ask you to keep changing the weight for me, and then you're going to... I'm gonna. You're gonna. What does he do? He he's got so much weight on, and then the killer removes the support beam, and uh, he's like forced to have the weights crash down on them after he drops a big twenty pounder on his balls. Uh huh. Yeah. What are you doing? Nice close-up of him and his, yep. uh, of it just before that happened in the short shorts with the big bulge. Like, they yeah. propped up, they padded that bulge so that you knew exactly where that weight was going. <laughs> and you could tell this is another one that got cut to ribbon. Yeah. Because he, he, he dropped another... the, the weights on his throat, and you do see a little bit of that. Yeah, it's the cut. The cut is so abrupt yeah. that you could tell. And there is a great, yeah. a great still out there that I've I can seen. show you. That I've uh, seen. Yeah. That I've yeah. seen. 
It's a shame. It's a shame that these things get lost the ages. And because, yeah. the movie does la- the movie's long. It's kind of slow, and it would have really helped to have some shocking images like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah but it was pretty shocking at the time. I remember being shocked mm-hmm. as a child. Mm-hmm. But I just want to talk for a minute about his girlfriend Amelia. Yeah, that's finger wave girl, right? You finger wave. Yeah, uh, Lisa Lang. Lisa Langua, the lovely Lisa Langua. Yeah. She's fucking beautiful, by the way. I think she's the most Miss beautiful. Miss Canada, she was. Oh, well. Was she she's really? the most beautiful girl yep. in the film. She's also the only character who cares. Yeah. About yeah. anything that's going on. And even then, and even then, it's not. Well, it's mostly about her boyfriend, but it does expand later on. I mean, she's at least mm-hmm. somewhat sensitive to what's going on. She's at least worried yeah. about people. Nobody else cares. Mm-hmm. And again, the killer cleaned up. Because she shows, yeah. you know, five <laughs> seconds... Yeah. And everything's immaculate with pizza. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And, you know, Greg's gone. He's just gone. Just another one missing. But just, I've got to cash and, in my, my, my Canadian nerd chip here, because Lisa Langua, out of that group of actors, no, Lisa Langua, you know, uh, was one who actually got a movie deal to come to the States, and she got a very big budget, a Neil Simon movie called The Slugger's Wife which ended up that. being yeah. a, a, a big bomb. And I think she ended up having to go back to, to Canada, but that was her, her big American break. And apparently James Cameron wanted her to play Sarah Connor in Terminator. Really? Oh, shit. And, um, and she had to turn down Terminator to do Slugger's Wife because that was Neil Simon. Oops. So. Oh. Yeah, bad choice. Oh. Uh, bummer. Oh. oh, well, sorry, Lisa. But she's lovely, and she was one of those people who, uh, until recently, had no idea that any of these movies had fans or devotees. And now yeah. she's sort of back, and like this, she gets fan letters, and she's delighted. That's awesome. So that's, that's just love, amazing. That's why I beautiful. love this genre that the people have these weird resurgences such later, so much mm-hmm. later in their careers over stuff that they thought everybody had forgotten. Yeah, yeah. that's really cool. That's I, how you make a cult movie. You, I, I don't think you can make a cult movie on purpose, and that's why I, no. I, right. why I hate some of those shows like Screen Queens and stuff because they're trying so hard to oh, have a the TV, cult the, audience. The TV credit. show, thank you. The TV yeah. show, thank you. Not the TV the show, not the podcast. Thank you. <laughs> oh yeah, the TV show. Yeah. <laughs> but there's so much. Ba- that's what I was saying. There's so much bad adulting in this movie, and mm-hmm. one of the things yeah. that struck me at this point, because now we cut to the big soccer game, is that okay. the school, despite the fact people are disappearing left and right students are disappearing left and right there is not canceling extracurricular activities there's no curfew there's no you know safety patrol you know there's no there's no posters saying you know never walk alone or anything like that nothing 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 kids leave their parents i mean parents leave their kids for weekends like hey it's fine it's fine terrible parenting in this movie but no. now we get to see another one of these extracurricular things and this scene is one of my favorites for all the wrong reasons. Those fucking cheerleaders are Cheerleader. atrocious. <laughs> For a rich academy, they are in the ugliest, dumpiest, cheapest looking purple scallop shorts yeah. <laughs> outfits. They're just horrible. They all have terrible hair and all they do is jump up and down. <laughs> what did you say that the letters are iron-on letters? Yeah, they're like iron-on letters. They're amazing. I do remember that. Yes, I do remember that. And, and, and I think we mentioned that we, we found out that one of the only two black people in this <laughs> yeah. film is one of the cheerleaders. <laughs> two black people in the movie. They're both extras. <laughs> well, it's Crawford Academy. So it is Crawford Academy. They, they, they have a quota. <laughs> And two is it. Ugh. The quota is two. <laughs> the other thing amazing that happens in the scene 
was that when the team, when our team wins and everyone is screaming like a complete idiot and everybody charges the field, they form a huddle around I, whoever made the scoring goal. The doesn't goal. matter who. It doesn't matter who. But one extra gets blocked out. Oh, that's right. You kept, he, he, kept, he, he runs over. He's like, hey, guys, let me. Oh, I got a bit of a. Oh. <laughs> and they just toddles off screen. <laughs> That's it was there. like Liza. It was like Liza Minnelli trying to get in that selfie at the Oscars a few years ago. Yes, exactly. <laughs> That's the, one of the gayest things everyone, anyone has ever said on this show. You're welcome. But now okay. we have like more boyfriend switching because you know I don't know somebody breaks up that other blonde who's in everything. The other blonde girl, Maggie. Lenora Zan. Yeah, she's in everything in Canada as well. Who was running for for political office in Canada a couple of years ago? Really? So, yeah. huh? Yes. Really? Yeah. Really? She's yeah. good in a one piece. That's, that's important. She does. No, and all her outfits are fine in this as well. But no, they, she she breaks up with Steve for whatever, and now she's immediately going out with Rudy. And who? No, 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 that's not right. No, she breaks up with Rudy, and all of a sudden Jenny's going out with Steve. Uh, with no, forget it. I, I don't remember. It's a regular Peyton place over there. It really <laughs> is. I can't keep. And they're all fucking ugly, and they're all the same ugly. So it's really weird. And then it's another strange scene. They have a date in the fucking chapel, and he's just a complete yeah. creeper. Again, nobody acting like normal people on a date. He pulls a knife on her on her first date. Virginia, you know, if I cut this bell rope almost all the way through. Rudy, no. Virginia, I've got a knife. Virginia, don't go away. Come over here, Virginia. Can I make a confession? Yes. Oh, gosh. Did you pull a knife on someone on your first date? No, but you and I, or we, all of us, and your listeners probably, are sort of devotees. And I don't know if you're like me, but we grew up, I've tried to get my friends to, or my family like, to watch these movies me with too, me, yeah. you know? Yeah. And sometimes it was like pulling teeth. But So I actually had a beautiful 16-millimeter technoscope print of Happy Birthday to Me, and I have oh. to admit, I cut out that whole subplot. <laughs> With Rudy, I took my splicer and I literally cut like six minutes of the movie. That whole thing with the skull and you know, and, and the bell tower. He attacks her with a knife and then he disappears or whatever. I literally cut it out and it does not affect the narrative. No, it one doesn't. Bit, the only and thing it makes the, only the movie thing, move a little faster. The only thing it's there for is it triggers another flashback. Yeah, for her. Uh, yeah. But then you don't know what happens. It's, it's like you edited it out, which is nice, which is what they should have done. But because the, the editing in there makes no sense, you don't know. Like he pulls the knife. It cuts. We don't know what happened to him. You know what I mean? It's like a total fucking mess. Yeah. Yeah. The only thing that the important thing that happens for for me that happens here is that oh wow the police actually do give a shit because all of a sudden the police are interviewing all the students en masse. I'm like okay somebody paying attention to something going on. That's nice. But aside from this, it's a very long sequence. Like you said, the whole prank with the skull that's buried in the lawn. It just goes nowhere, and the movie's almost two fucking hours long, and all of this could have gone. Yes. And it wasn't even an important flashback, I don't think, either. No, no. I don't remember what it is, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> I think it was just another maybe brain like operation where we got yeah. to see it was like lasagna. Yeah. <laughs> God, I must be I must be hungry because I reference eggplant. Yeah, I'm kind of hungry too. Well, we I mean, we we started. He, I, it was it, Manny brought up meatloaf, so meatloaf. But you know what? I, I, I do love I do love the him the cooking show. I do love the priest though when. The, the rope falls down, and he looks up, and he's, Jesus. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so 
not the best line reading in the film. Yeah. Yeah, and there's just more nonsense, more running around. And, and, and now we have the school dance. Again, not canceled. Right. And the school dance does not look like it's happening on a school property. It looks like it's a fucking club. Yeah, yeah, it does. And they're all dressed like Studio fucking 54. Another one of Anne's hideous, hideous, It's metallic, and she's got about 500 butterfly clips stuck in her hair, and she's got braids on one side that are knotted. <laughs> they're not tied. They're not meant to bun. They are just like in random knots on the side of her head. Who did that to you? No wonder you're so angry. Spoiler. No wonder you're so angry, everybody. <laughs> Uh, just kept telling yourself, Jeannie nominated. Jeannie yeah, nominated. Exactly. And Jeannie nominated. And then out of nowhere, Virginia goes home with Steve. Yeah. Yeah. Whose girlfriend is missing, right? Was he with, he's with Bernard. No, no, he, she was with, a, I don't know, whatever, whoever, whatever, whatever. It's just Wait, more. But, but, but isn't that a weird scene that, I'm sorry, I know we're speeding it up a little bit, but am I remembering just where they're smoking pot by the pool? Yeah, it's another yeah. flashback scene. But that's another scene that's useless. Like the girl, it's like useless, she, and it's like a fake out. With he has a fake out of the girl yeah, being yeah. dead. Yeah. 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 Okay. I think, like Patrick said, all this is to facilitate a yeah. a flashback, but it's like just right, right, right. Key, but. Yeah. Well, it also gives the cast something to do. Like some of these other yeah. characters that don't die gives them something mm-hmm. to do. And again, it's another scene where Amelia's <laughs> like, "You guys are assholes. <laughs> these guys, they could be dead." They're like, whatever, pass the joint. Aha, Maggie's pretending yeah. to be dead. We're hilarious. We hope they are dead. Yeah, we're at the dance, and and, mm-hmm. and, and and she goes home with Steve, and again, another exchange of awful dialogue, and I don't know why this this bothers me so much. But Let's get out of here. Aren't you having a good time? You sure, but uh, we could be having an even better time. Oh, really? <laughs> How? You could uh, go for a drive. I make great midnight snacks. I don't yeah, know why that line bothers me. Let me. Well, you know why? Because it's a very complicated midnight snack. Well, just for teenagers. How does at that age pull that? And it looks delicious. It yeah. looks yeah. like a really well done, well cooked shish kebab. Shish kebab. I mean, I don't know anybody that can go home and just whip up shish kebab at midnight. No, no I know. No, well, I'm, well, I'm half Armenian, so technically I do, but. <laughs> I don't know anybody that would want to. They're teenagers. A complicated midnight snack would have been opening a bag of nachos and not even heating yeah. up the cheese, the cheese dip. Nothing. No. Come on now. Come on. We totally skipped over Alfred getting killed. Oh, yeah. And this is important because it happens at the grave. Somebody once again follows Virginia to the grave. We're just going to skip through this. And Alfred is killed but by Virginia. Right. He sneaks up on Virginia, he's reaching in his pocket, you think she's in danger, and she whips around and stabs him. Right, that's the first shoe. time where we, we it, they don't keep the identity of the killer, <laughs> yeah. just gloves, yeah, it's, uh, it's yeah. 
Virginia. And the movie still has a chunk to go. So uh, yeah, it's still, got, it's still got an hour and 45 minutes left to go. <laughs> Flip to side B on my laser disc. You know? <laughs> like, oh. Fuck. Jesus. Yeah, and it's a sad it. thing because it, it you see his little hand opening on the ground. Oh, he was just bringing her a rose. Yeah, yeah. Oh, but now he's dead. The thing I caught here this time around, and it was probably a complete accident because they didn't know what they were doing while they were filming. When after she stabs him and they're showing her face as he's falling, mm-hmm. her face is immobile in a way that's almost like a mask. Yes, I do remember that. Yes, oh, I right. I noticed it that way. Okay, absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's like almost said, like a cardboard just, cutout. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> which okay. it turns out it is a mask. We can spoil that. Yeah, yeah. Because That's a nice touch. Cutting back, they're by the now we're back with Virginia and Steve by the fireplace. Uh-huh. She's serving him fucking shish kebab that she just whipped up. Yeah. <laughs> and they're making out, which means I don't know exactly when the switch happened, when the killer took over and put on the Virginia mask. Yeah, <laughs> and the contact lenses to change her crystal blue eyes to yes. brown. Yeah. Yes, because she and has put she, the hair up. She the has hair up. unique eyes. Mm-hmm. Well, she got Meg Foster eyes, yes. Yes. So, that all happened. And I'm wondering, did the killer make the shish kebab? <laughs> did well, Melissa Sue Anderson go in there to open that bag of nachos? No, actually, they do show it later on. Remember the montage of, like, her, the montage right. of her? Right, she says about everything that they happened. They do show her take out the shish kebabs and then get chloroform. So the killer actually waited for the part of make yeah. <laughs> but then they come back and make out, so he's he's kissing plastic face and doesn't notice. <laughs> and he can't smell the latex of the mask. Well, he's so stoned, he didn't notice for a second it wasn't her. Yeah, well, and, she, and she's so ripped, that's the other line. God, am I ripped. Now, I would love to see the movie done <laughs> with an actual mask yeah, I know. On, on her. So I'm moving off. Up like, like a mask of her own on. face, like a mask of Melissa <laughs> own face on her face. No, and let's face it, Tracy Bregman, who plays uh, 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 Anne, you know, a very lovely actress and famous from soap operas, but she oh, yeah. has got chipmunk fakes. I mean, she, yeah. her yeah. face looks like Caroline and Poltergeist 3. It's like swollen. Oh, no. She has like jowls at 18, you know? No, so, she's, she's, got, she's got those Pat Benatar cheeks, yeah. Yeah, she's got Pat Benatar cheeks, and it's just a sexy reference. Thank you, because <laughs> she's a gorgeous woman. Sandy Duncan's last <laughs> eye and Heather O'Rourke's deadly disease. Yeah, from Poltergeist Three. Yeah. <laughs> you know, not when she was cute and little. No, when she was all fat and swollen and about to die. God damn. <laughs> No, you know, I, actually, I didn't even mean it like that because Heather. I did. Too, her face looks like she's got like. I was going to say more chins than a Chinese phone book because Joan Rivers said it. <laughs> yeah. But. No, it's funny. Anyway, I love it. Great. Now yeah. I'm that guy. Yeah. <laughs> and we love you for it. No, I don't okay. remember what <laughs> triggered it, but now we get a flashback to the accident that caused yes. the injury. Uh-huh. And yes. this is the thing that's amazing. I was watching The Secret Life of Pets the other day. Mm-hmm. Animated movie. Yeah. The last scene of that was just like this scene. <laughs> Well, it's the exact same scene. It's two dogs trapped in a van that's gone off the Brooklyn Bridge. One's in a cage, one's not. And they're both under the water, and one's trying to get... I'm like, if a dog comes and gets a head injury, I'm going home. <laughs> because, you see, Virginia driving with her mom, like young Virginia four years ago, Virginia driving with her mom, and her mom's angry, screaming, and storm, and what happens? 
Oh, they uh, they they go to the bridge, and the the car and the drawbridge accidentally goes up, and the car plummets into the river. It's, yeah, and the car fills up. You can swim. Take a deep breath, and I'll open the window. Mommy, I can't. I'm afraid I, I, I can't. Virginia, do what Mommy says. Go on now. Take a deep breath and swim to the surface. Do it. Go. Sharon Acker, she was she was big at a, she was big for a time. Okay. She was um I guess what they used to call it in the sixties. She was the it girl. She was the oh, she was like the okay. Catherine Ross of her time and she was oh, shit. She, she had the lead in a big uh what was it? A big uh, a John Borman movie. Okay. But anyway, uh, and her career ne- didn't necessarily take off, but she she was already she was like on her way down okay. at this mm-hmm. point. But, okay, but, that's a good point. But in Canada, me. Sharon Acker playing that part was like a bonus. So. Well she's fantastic. Yeah. I think she's great. Yeah. She's completely over the top, and, but, uh, but keeps great. it in control. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the car You've got to up. see a drag queen playing that part. <laughs> but again, yeah. again, the car does not just plunge off the side of the drawbridge. No, it, no, it, it uh, gets, Depending on which angle you see it from, yeah, it, it like, tumbles. Stuck, it's stuck there for a while between the two arms of the drawbridge, yeah. which makes me say, who's manning the bridge? The boat's still going? The boat's still going to go through? A car just went down, the boat still goes through? What's happening? But yeah, mom gets trapped in there by the steering wheel, and she can't get out. And Virginia saves herself, but she hits her head on the boat, hence the the injury, and that's what has caused all of this nonsense up until this point. I also like that this is later on at the party, jumping ahead, that we discover that for some reason they buried her in the same they buried mom in the same outfit that she died in. Yeah. Oh. Well, that was nice. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they just dug it. They just they just. Got her out of the car and threw her in the back of the car. <laughs> well, you know, convenient. Yeah, so there's more nonsense. You know, Maybe it was her favorite dress. She's home alone. You know, Anne comes over the next day after the whole shish kebab incident. Because if, yeah. if we didn't mention it, that the shish kebab winds up going down oh, yeah. Steve's throat. Much yeah. in the scene of the poster. And even if you know it's coming, it's still pretty shocking. Mm-hmm. Uh, making you as nice and spicy. Oh, I like it spicy. Good. Thank you. Don't you like hot things? Some hot things? Mm. God, am I ripped? And again, clearly cut to ribbon. Yeah. yeah. Um, Although, what a delicious way to go. It's, mm. He's like, ah, it really hurts. Mm, mm, spicy. Mm, ah. Perfectly seasoned. <laughs> Yeah, so Anne comes over, and that yeah, that's she's in the shower, and she has the flashback of the of the mm-hmm. accident. That's what happens. But when she comes out of this flashback, 
and dead in the tub with the throat slit. Oh, no! Oh, no, and i got to say, Melissa Sue Anderson, good screamer. Good screamer, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. This is the first time we really get to hear her scream, scream, scream. She has a couple of little ones earlier on, but this is the... F- hello, uh, hello? Barely. All right, great, I'm back, I'm back. Okay, Sorry, okay, I don't know what okay, I did. Okay. okay, great. So where were we? we were yeah, so we the, just found uh, Anne dead in the tub, and she calls David... She has this great freak-out scene. She's going for the yeah. Oscar in this scene. For the genie. She's going for the genie. She's going for the genie, thank you. <laughs> the genie, yeah. <laughs> And David comes over and everything, and they they don't find there's nobody in the tub. And she's like, oh, what is happening? Why would I think I killed Anne? And, yeah. and he's pressing her. It's like you have to remember. You have to remember. You're remembering everything. You have to remember what happened before. What what do these people, your friends? What do your friends that are missing have in common? With the scarf. <laughs> they all their yes, yes. They're <laughs> ugly. <laughs> they're ugly and they're assholes. Uh, with scarves. <laughs> What do they have in common with this accident and your birthday? What's happening? And now she has the big, big flashback to what happened before the accident. Bridge. The kids, they play chicken on the bridge as it goes up. They, they call it the game. And they took you over the bridge. Is this all a game? Is it? Well, I think I better stay here until your father gets home. Okay. My birthday. So it is. Happy birthday, Virginia. Happy birthday. Right. And what's really Baby weird in the scene time. is that, okay, we're assuming she's a senior, right? So she's 18. She's turning 18 or maybe 19, whatever. She acts like she's 11. And <laughs> but yeah, she, in that scene, yeah. And she's dressed like she's 11. Mm-hmm. And the party is for an 11-year-old. It's very strange. <laughs> <laughs> so what went wrong at the party, guys? Nobody came. Nobody came to her party. Nobody showed up. Well, where are they, your little friends from the Crawford Academy? They're not coming. What? There's a party at Ann Thomerson's house. I, I heard them talking. Why didn't they invite you? Mom, they don't even know me. God damn it's not. We'll show them. If they won't come to our party, we'll go to theirs. They all went to Anne's party and you said mean she wasn't invited. All these kids that because... were supposed to go to this birthday party four years ago and they didn't, and they're being yeah. punished for it. Is that what you're saying? Yes, it could be. It could very well be. I see. I see. Well, well, why didn't they come? Oh, that's right. They don't know her. They don't even know me. They don't <laughs> even know me. <laughs> know me? I'm alone. What? <laughs> oh, ouch. Knew what you did there. Uh-huh. Ouch. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I, <laughs> uh, 
And then, but mom is not taking this line down. She's pissed at those little fucking rich brats who think they're too good to come to this party. She's pissed at dad who once again was on a business trip and didn't show up for his little girl's party. So she gets in that car and she drives over to Ann's house. And she's stuck at the gate yelling at the night watchman, which you have at your house, which everybody has at their house. And they won't let her in. My daughter's going to that party! She's invited? She doesn't need an invitation. You can send your little girl to the Crawford Academy, but that ain't going to change who you are. You get Will Thomas from down here. Let him tell me that to my face. Those things are over and done with. Don't bring them up now. Just take your little girl and go home. God damn you! I'm a rich woman now. Yes, we find some very blink-and-you'll-miss-it expository dialogue, which apparently we're supposed to memorize in order to make sense of the ending later on. So, <laughs> Yeah, they'll all pay. I'll make them all pay, which, again, would lead into that thing that it's her ghost uh, in one of those lost mm-hmm. things, which is, which is even more stupid than this stupid ending, which I think is a fabulous ending, but it's not neither here nor there. She goes to bed, and while she goes to bed, Glenn Ford gets his head bashed in with a fire poker. Yeah, okay. and, and another shot that's like, it looks like it's missing footage. I mean, it literally, it's like bad jump cut. Oh, yeah, because yeah, when well, the well, dad because, finds... Yeah, sorry, you go, Manny. No, because it was weird, because it's like she hits him what, a few times with the poker, right? And yeah. then there is must be like 16 tons of blood yeah. all over like... <laughs> when yeah, when dad finds the scene later, yeah. it, is, it, is, <laughs> it is an abattoir. Yeah, yeah. The, the walls and the door, they're all like just drenched in blood yep. from a couple of hits with a fire poker. Yep. Well, we know what J.D. Thompson was doing then, for yep. sure, during that More time. blood. More blood. More blood. More blood. And the thing that gets me about this scene, my mother pointed it out the very first time we watched it. Oh. Because you see a robot figure. Genesis poster? No. You, know, you see, <laughs> yes. She's like, oh my God, Genesis. <laughs> she really likes the Bible. Uh, <laughs> no, you see somebody walking around in a robe, barefoot, <clears throat> You know, he gets the poker and walks in the room, and that's how you see the murder. But my mother goes, oh, whoever that is got dirty feet. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> the bottom of her feet are pitch black. It's disgusting. Oh. And, and meanwhile, you were concentrating on her frizzy ends of her hair. <laughs> yes. No, I wasn't. I wasn't. I wasn't. Because now that's all I see in that scene yeah. is her dirty feet. And it bothers me. And, it remi- and it, it, I had a flashback to it, you know, many years ago. I had rented some porn. Oh, and it was, a, it was supposed to be a prison porn. scene in the shower. It was an orgy scene in what was supposed to be a shower, a group oh. shower, and everybody's feet were filthy. I'm like, oh. you're in a shower. <laughs> what, are you in Canada? <laughs> we don't want okay, her to be here. But now, now we don't, oh my gosh, now David's dead, and Dad comes home and finds blood everywhere, and Jenny's yeah. gone, and... Well, we learned that Mother had the party in the summer cottage back in the day. Okay, that was right. my question. I was thinking, what, what, what exactly was that? She said it was cottage. the cottage. Yeah. You know, because oh, that's did, what you yeah, do okay. when you have a graveyard right. in your fucking backyard. You have a yeah, cottage yeah, as well. Because yeah. <laughs> of that fucking rich. And just like that night many years ago, it is fucking pelting rain and death walking around. 
you know, trying to find his daughter, screaming, Jerry, 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 and he falls in his wife's grave, which is open. Mm-hmm. It's been dug up, but the coffin's empty. Oh, and, uh, Glenn Ford is in the grave, right? I yeah, thought he tripped over like... him later. Oh, okay. Well, whatever, he trips, over, trip, he trips over Glenn Ford. Oh, no. And then he runs into poor little Amelia in what is one of my favorite images of the movie. Oh, which, yeah, she's like frozen, basically. This poor, yep. this beautiful girl just standing in the pelted rain, yeah. frozen to the spot in terror. Yeah. Holding a birthday present. She was coming to the party. Still still sporting that bitchin' finger wave, though. Well, and Lisa says that she, she had a very gory death scene. Yeah, and, she uh, got, yeah, there's a print. I've, I have a still of that. Yeah, this, uh, yeah she's got an axe in the head. Like an axe in the head, right? Which I'm yeah. glad didn't happen. Yeah, I'm kind of glad she was alive, too, because she was the most likable <laughs> and the prettiest. And it was a, it was a lovely final. It did, she didn't need to die. It was a lovely final, and it wouldn't have made sense of her to die then anyway. Then you don't want to kill Miss Teen Canada. Come because, on. No, you no. really don't, because everything was already going on in the house. And then we get into the house, and I love when Dad walks into the house. The film stock changes a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the real change, and it's like the colors are faded. Yeah, <laughs> The colors are faded, and you go, oh, this is the last ten minutes. This is where we're not allowed in anymore. Right, and what I love about all of this, for the for the most part, for this first segment, there's no music. Hmm. It's just him wandering around in the dark room, completely dark room, and you're seeing you see figures around the table, but you can't really see anything. And there's lightning, but you still can't see anything. And he reaches out to one of the figures in the chair, and the chair turns around, Mrs. Bates style. <laughs> Who's in it? Uh, Jenny's mom, Estelle. Yeah. Estelle. <laughs> yeah, she's got maggots in her face, still wearing that gaudy-ass necklace that she yeah. was wearing. And that dress. And the dress. It still was holding dress. a scotch and soda. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Half scotch, half soda, part rain. <laughs> I, I wish she was drinking while she was driving. She's got a cocktail in the car. That would have been great. Anyway, neither here nor there. But yeah, so now... We hear singing, and in walks Jenny with her cake, and she puts the cake down by the candlelight. You just see all the dead friends seated around the table, and it's a really well-shot scene. I love this scene. It's, I mean, it's an obvious ending. It's what I, even as a kid, I figured that's what was going to happen at the party, that all the dead kids would be there, but it's still really unnerving, mostly because there's no fucking music. Right. Nothing's telling you how to feel about any of this. Yes. And here's where I give her her genie. Okay. Because she very wisely underplays this whole scene where they're dead. Mm-hmm. She could have, this could have been played like a screaming lunatic. Yeah. Or playing crazy. But she's not. She's playing a very mm-hmm. good girl. Having her birthday party. And I get to it to which clearly nobody agrees with. <laughs> no, I do. I do agree. I'm just trying to think. Like I just remember Re- Rebecca Gayhart chewing the scenery at the end of. That's exactly who I'm thinking of. This is exactly who I'm thinking of while I was talking. How yeah. simpatico are we, Brian Norton? What number am I thinking of right now? Eight. Exactly. I knew it. Wow! Wow! No, it's a it's a nice scene. <laughs> she's just she's. I, She's just acting relatively normal, and you know she puts a party hat on him, which is fantastic. Because <laughs> he's useless. He's just crying. He's like, I'm so sorry. Because he's thinking this is the fault of all that surgery. This experimental thing didn't work. It made her crazy. Right. Why, would, why, why did I have to go to Caracas? Yeah. 
<laughs> if only I had stayed. But yeah, and and this is this this nice shot of her when she she blows out the candles, and all of her stuff with the knife is wonderful. It's all this slow, mm-hmm. almost off-camera stuff with her working with the knife cutting. You see the not the knife slowly cutting the cake, mm-hmm. coming out of the cake and going shink when it comes out of the cake. Mm-hmm. So there's this wonderful threat through all of this as well, and eventually she just cuts his throat and he dies in his cake because he wanted a big piece. Yes. Yeah. My favorite yeah. line, does Daddy want a big piece mm. or a little piece? Ooh. Daddy like a big piece or a little piece? <laughs> Chills. Well, the thing is, Ooh. he got his cake, but he didn't get to eat it. No. No, no. What a waste of Ooh. cake. Oh, no. Okay, so let's get to the the most ridiculous Amazing. Reveal ever. I mean. Yes, because. So complicated. Because you're thinking, oh my gosh, this must be the end. This is how it ends. Mm-hmm. But no, because Jenny just looks back at the table at all the dead friends and says, and now for you, bitch. bitch. <laughs> and, and we get we get one of those like split screens from the. No, because Anne, the body of Anne is face down on the table, so you can't see her face. But when she pulls, right. when, when she pulls sits Anne up, it's not Anne. It's, it's Jenny. Virginia. There's two yeah. Jennies. So, oh my God, in a double role. Yes, two Virginias. It's like Olivia de Havilland. Uh huh. It's, it's Patty yeah. Duke and Patty Duke. Dark mirror. <laughs> oh, oh that. <laughs> and then they, and then they sing, "Let's get together." Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll have a real good time. I'll stop singing there because we'll get sued. Yes, there's two Jennies. And you're like, what? And uh, you guys have to help me with this because I get fuzzy here. Because it okay. all goes crazy. I forget exactly what she's saying. She's like, oh, well, it's all for you. She, oh, you find out that this is her sister, obviously. You think, oh, her she got her first sister. Yes. Right. And that. And it's uh, it's yeah, her twin sister, Buffy. Sorry, wrong movie. Now, take a look. Take a good, long look done it all for you, sister dear. Since I ruined your last party, I've made certain nothing's going to go wrong this time. With everyone's help, they're all here, just as you always wanted. All seated around the table waiting to celebrate your birthday, your precious birthday. And as a special treat, they all get to watch you die. Is that when she, she takes the mask off before? No, she, she does, she does that, right? not take the mask off. She oh, does she takes not, it after she yeah. does all that. She, does, yeah, okay. she never takes that mask off. That mask gets pulled off because yeah, you know, she yeah. has oh, to explain right. everything. Because your slu- right. it's all your slut mother. I'm I don't remember where this comes out exactly, but, you know. It's a- my father's mistress and Yara's daughter, my sister. <laughs> like, what is going on? Okay, I need a flow chart right now. Yeah, I need a PowerPoint presentation. Yeah, because like, whatever it's like, and now we're gonna find out. Everyone's gonna find out how crazy little Jenny really is, and they have a little Russell tumble, and Jenny yeah. rips up and pulls that face off, fembot style, bionic woman. <laughs> yeah, Oof. and underneath it is Anne, her best friend. Surprised? I hope you are. I planned it so you'd never suspect a thing. None of them did. I dressed like you. Walked like you. I even talked like you. Made it all so easy for me. I was your best friend. You trusted me. 
come and go as I pleased. He woke up remembering nothing. Worked every time. That night in the cemetery? With poor little Alfred. Genius mask maker. Remember how he fooled us with Bernadette? You didn't know it. But he had followed you there. So had I. Her best friend suddenly gains 40 pounds in order to- <laughs> and, and has and, and, and clearly occasionally had sneakers with lifts on them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and also, also her voice completely changes. Yes. Well, she, well, yeah, I even talked like you. Yeah. Yes. Because did we have what people love to call the Scooby-Doo ending? Yes. Yeah. And she would have gotten away with it, too, if it wasn't for you meddling kids. And it's a completely bonkers choice, and it shouldn't work, yet for some reason it does. It's I mean, Scooby-Doo. Yeah. It's sort of the whole crux of the whole movie is, is this scene. You know, it's sort of where, like, it, it, it sort of sets itself apart from everything else. Yeah. Otherwise, I think you're right, because it would be otherwise kind of forgettable. It's pretty generic mm-hmm. and, like, not juicy. Well, but you're right, but also... There's not it, even it, any boobs, because they it didn't It never have boobs plays again. fair, though. It's just like the killer in Friday the 13th turns out to be a character that is going to yeah. be introduced in the last ten minutes. That's hey, Brian Norton, here's something. Yeah. Do you know this? Yeah. I only found this out recently, that on the Friday the 13th poster, Mrs. Voorhees yeah. is in the window. No, I did not know. Oh, I, I don't know. Really. Yeah, I, I have the poster, and somebody pointed it out to me, and you have to look really closely. Betsy Palmer's face is reflected... In the window of the cabin behind all the cameras. Oh, my God. Actually, that just gave me chills if that's true. Oh, it's true. It's on my wall. I'm looking at it right now. Okay. But anyway, wow. back to this. Yeah, it's completely unfair. It's completely unsolvable. But yet it's completely, absolutely over-the-top ridiculous that I love it. It's so fucking mm-hmm. ballsy. And it's a much better ending than either of the other two that they had. And it is unforgettable. And it is completely unbelievable because it turns out that she did pose for Alfred. And he mm-hmm. did make a mask for her. And it's so damn good. Apparently, you can take it off and put it on whatever the hell you want. You don't need spirit glue, nothing. Mm-hmm. Right. I know. Wait a minute. That's right. Wait, so when did she... Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow. That's well, she, a... said Alfred, she said Alfred the mask maker, you know, the, uh, the genius mask maker. Right. Yeah. Did this for her. Well, yeah. it's like it's very uh, it's like straight jacket. They do that. Even Body yeah, Double, which is think. a huge budget movie, we're supposed to believe that he throws on this elaborate latex appliance. Yeah. Just a, yeah. it's ridiculous. So yes, and she does it repeatedly throughout the movie, which yeah. is and absolutely this- absolutely ridiculous and unnecessary work, considering all the cleanup that this girl has to do, which she gives up halfway through the movie, which I appreciate. She's like, I'm done cleaning up. Fuck you, people. Yes. She made all that whole mess with David's. Like, I'm leaving it for the maid. Fuck this. <laughs> no sir. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, so it's all it's another it's another thing that you know another thing like just like scream and a band, you know a mother that leaves just ruins everything, mm-hmm. drives people crazy. Well, it's always a mother thing, you know. Always. Deserves to die. He's just like her, a fucking whore. Your father's mistress. You're his daughter. My sister. Something she never let my father forget. That's why my mother left us. She could never forgive him for having you. It's all your fault. You've ruined our lives. 
You should have died that night at the canal. You never should have been born. <laughs> uh, completely bonkers ending, and they fight again, and and gets stabbed with the birthday cake knife, and collapses and dies just in time for the detective to show up. Who shows up just so nonchalant for right. no reason? Kind of There's no reason thing. to go to the goddamn I was just cottage. By with his lantern, you know. He does. He does have, have a lantern. Eye. It's Angela and he, Lansbury, and he says, <laughs> "Oh my God, Fletcher! Yeah, oh my God." What have you done? And we're led to believe that Virginia's going to go to jail for all of this, which, of course, makes yeah. no sense because the forensics would not show any of this being remotely possible. <laughs> I also love that this, this tiny girl, this, this lovely tiny girl of Anne, I don't remember the actress's name, is not only cleaning up and killing all these people, but she's lugging bodies all over town by yeah. herself. Sure. Tracy Bregman. Apparently, she's like soap opera royalty. Oh, yeah. I mean, she's oh, she's like been on soaps for 20 yeah. years now, if not more. Yeah. Yeah. Here's also- in the States. Yeah. yeah, all yeah. the big ones. This is it? Yeah, yeah. No, she's like she's like untouched, like gazillionaire royalty. But I do have to say, Tracy is in a really, really good exploitation movie made two years later called The Concrete Jungle, oh. which is a women's prison movie. It came out around the same time as Chain Heat with Linda Blair, and Chain Heat gets all the praise. But Concrete Jungle is really good. Okay. You got to check it out. So, what oh, movie okay. she's got the lead? Nice, sweet, sweet. From the director of Hell Night. So, how can he go oh. wrong? Good, good, good. I think she's fantastic. I, th- I mean, I totally bought her. Bought her as the best friend. She's a better actress than the other kids. She's the only one who's remotely decent to, 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 to at least to Virginia, even though they put her in hideous outfits. Which, I'm, for me, I'm guessing that was a subtle visual clue. <laughs> that, that girl ain't right. A visual echo. Yeah. She left the house with little beaded turds on her head. There's something it's wrong with her. On <laughs> And then the final touch, one of the things I miss about horror movies, I miss horror movies with theme songs. The theme song yeah. at the end. Now, who is this Cyrita person? Cyrita, right, I wrote it down. Like, geez, like, <laughs> Do you want to know who she is? Do you want to know who she is? Do you want to know who she is? Mrs. Oh. Stevie Wonder, that's who she is. Oh. What? Mrs. Stevie Wonder. Oh. Uh-huh. And, for a, and for that thin, teeny tiny white girl voice. She's a big mama? She well, she she's a big bold black woman. Wow, Mrs. Stevie Wonder. Mrs. Stevie Wonder. That's like the big. That's a bigger twist ending. Than <laughs> yeah, so, okay, so there are three black people in the movie. Doesn't yeah. doesn't it even say like "Happy Birthday to Me" by Cyrita available on RCA Records? I mean, it's like it's like it's like the, her name too. Just when it was yeah. watching. Yeah, well, she has. She did have. I mean, I was looking her up. She did have a relatively decent R and B career. Got oh. it. All right. Well, that's what happens that's when you marry Stevie Wonder. Yeah. Well, is she going to tell him he's wearing a macrame plant holder on his head? Thank you, Joan. <laughs> Thank yeah, you, Joan Rivers. Right. All right. Damn it. Well, he was he was lucky because when he saw the movie, he didn't get to see the panties. Oh, okay. Yeah. Thank you. That was a, that was a mercy. He was spared the panties. He was spared the the, the prairie whole, skirt. Oh, and he's like, "What's happening? What's happening?" I'm biting my tongue with the other ones I know because they're really funny, but not for this show. Okay, so. <laughs> okay. Could tell us when we stop recording. Okay. <laughs> so overall, I mean, I still enjoy this movie. It's way too long. It's got so many things wrong with it. It's got unlikable kids. It's got unnecessary yeah. plot elements. It's got oh, pace is deadly slow, but for some <laughs> reason, I still like it. You know, Patrick, I think that the. It's something about that that time. It's like a comfort time, especially 1981. Mm-hmm. And, I agree. Uh, 
And I, you know, it's not a good movie necessarily, but I'm really happy it exists. Yeah. And even if I don't want to watch it all the time, I still look at my VHS with that thing, and it just yeah. makes me happy knowing it's there. Is that weird? Yeah. And that's, no, it's like it's kind of a, I mean, it is an, there's a nostalgic aspect to the whole, yeah. not just the movie, but where it fits in the genre. You know, that it's right. sort of, a, it's definitely a, a um, representative of that genre that we love. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like the, the heart and soul, really. Yeah. And you could time. never get away with that poster today. Never oh, yeah, a million yeah. fucking I, years. I never don't think in you're a million as politically correct as you're saying. I think you could get away with it. I think so. I don't think so. I mean, I mean, no, no. I mean, if they're if they're yelling at people with you know with guns and cigarettes in in ads now, I can't imagine that's going to fly. Hmm. I wonder. This um, is a great thing to watch. I think. Have you any of you seen it? Like. Now, like in a revival house or something, or like a midnight showing, or no, I haven't. That would be a good one for because I think it'd be really fun to. Yeah, I think it'd be really fun to watch. Yeah, it would be. I mean, I I used to do all that kind of stuff, and it was Mm -hmm. uh, you know because I used to run a film school, and I had access to the gigantic theater in Tammany Hall, and you know, so I would uh, you know bring my prints and yeah. It's unfortunately with a lot of, and this is getting back to Scream Queens and now Feud. I mean, like, I'm getting so upset, but people need to be taught what to like. Yeah. Like, I remember all the students and everything scoffed that I was going to show Amityville 2. Why would you do that? And then Tarantino said in the interview a month later that that was the greatest sequel ever made. Suddenly that validated it, right, you know? Right. So if someone sort of hipster or cool says happy birthday to me, it's like mm-hmm. a great slash movie, which mm-hmm. I think probably he did, then it becomes worthy of Alamo Draft House. Yeah. But yeah. as far as like me trying to indoctrinate people, I would have to choose a different movie than that one. Yeah. Well, um, I know I understand I understand what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. I mean as it far as actually pulling it off. It doesn't play well. Uh, but yeah. uh you know, listen, we can appreciate it's got a really classy score. Lance Rubin's mm-hmm. score, it's wonderful and uh yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I love that the theme song at the end is the score that you've heard all the way through. They just added words to it. It's a nice yeah, touch. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. He's a it's a very similar random song. The, uh, he also did the music for Motel Hell, and it's a very similar theme. But do you remember watching it on VHS? This is where I tell the students also, never use red for your credits, because the red will always deteriorate and bleed. So I just remember mm-hmm. on the VHS that it was... Unintelligent. You couldn't read yeah, any of the, the. Yeah, it was just a blur of like. Yeah, I don't think I ever <laughs> rented this because it was on HBO. So damn. Uh, yeah. Um, the thing I wanted to say, I'm very sad that uh, I had another guest planned. For, uh, one of the reasons I wanted her for the show was that she was a person that I found who had not seen it before. And even though she can't be with us now, I had to say she was live tweeting me. <laughs> the whole time she lost her shit at the end she's like what the fuck what i just got like 20 strings what the fuck <laughs> so the acting is so it still packs a punch well good yeah even though we spoiled I, it for everybody who hasn't seen I, it <laughs> well you know <laughs> I, mean, I think that's good i think i think that um the movie just turned our, 36 uh, years old for god's sake what have you been waiting yeah. for <laughs> right no, but I think like you're saying, like we're fans of of films like this as a genre. It is sort of our, if we can somehow, you know, spread the word and keep right. doing it, so that it's not just us always, you know, as we grow older, be the only people that like these movies. Is to, um, sure. Especially, especially with a gay audience, I think. To me, you know, and Patrick knows this. You know, I I work a lot with um, Peaches Christ, a drag queen who done tons. Of- She's right. done great things for cult movies and horror movies by bringing them sure. to 
to like the gay community because there's only so many drag movies and camp movies. Even though I enjoy them, I'm you know definitely yeah. more this type of cult and horror, and yeah. it's just a small group of us that really sure cultivate yeah. this kind of stuff. So it's it is fun for us to it share. is it is fun, and I and I I know Peaches, and and we have mm-hmm. had Alettis who does it here, yeah. and um, and she's had hit and misses with the movies that she chooses, but. You know, it's, it's just like, it's, maybe I'm starting to sound like the old man, like, get off my lawn, but um, mm-hmm. especially with the younger Get off my people, lawn, you're stepping on my wife's yeah, grave. Exactly. <laughs> I don't know. I think, I think the younger gays are such lemmings for, oh, I'm gay. I'm supposed to think this is funny. I'm supposed to like this. Yeah, and that's why I, I didn't think like a lot of, yeah. I think a lot of movies are getting, like, a, a gay cult hand job that don't necessarily deserve mm-hmm. it. Oh, mm-hmm. Scream Queens mm-hmm. is a big gay cult hand job. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was like, oh my gosh, they said something bitchy, it's so gay. No, but the oh bitchy God. line came out of I nowhere. Had, that didn't, it wasn't grounded feud. in anything. Listen, mm-hmm. The feud was wonderful, but every time one of the girls would say, oh, go fuck you, or Victor Bono says, oh, why, because I'm a homosexual, it would be a meme the next day. Like, are you that thirsty for some sort of visibility? Where, mm-hmm. you know, because that didn't even come from a good place. That just came from... <laughs> Mm-hmm. This came from writers who, you know. Yeah. But um, no, I, I have I've learned, especially with cult stuff, that you know people need to be told. But uh, I, I, I don't know. So, but I, it is a, a good movie. Listen, you know, we're, we're lucky to find these movies, some of the movies that were even in focus back in 1981. So, yeah. or, or, or lit. Yeah, and then we're getting you know things like uh, Scream Fa- Shop Factory, Scream Factory. I mean, like loading it, like making the movie look good and giving it. Yeah. I mean, they're they're starting companies like that, and I think Vestron Video now is in in the business of doing DVD now oh. and bringing those movies that we watched. I, I you know at that time on VHS. I get nervous when they do that because mm-hmm. like like who wants to buy this other than me, and where can I meet them? <laughs> I know. Seriously. Yeah, no, oh. no, it's true. Yeah, no, I, people I think, snap that shit up at conventions and stuff. They're, they're, you, you go to one of these horror conventions, there's thousands of people. We're not alone. Mm-hmm. We're just a game. No, no, that's... So, no, we're the game. There's, just, there's yeah. less of us, but we're here. Yeah. We're here. Anyway, we're, so, we're here. But so, so I think this is great. I think I'm glad you picked this one, and it was fun to watch it again. And I hadn't seen it as much as you two or earlier on, so it was nice to revisit it. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, of course, this is the same time that uh, Melissa Sue Anderson did her TV movie Midnight Offerings, which is also fabulous, which she played yeah, a witch. She, fair, she fares better in that one. It's, it's funny, they cast her against type in that, and that's a good movie. Uh, Mandy, you've got to check that one yeah. out. That's a good movie, and I, what I love about the movie, every time she's doing her evil magic, her eye makeup changes. Like, <laughs> she goes from like regular face to smoky eye like that, because that's magic. Okay, yeah. boys, I think that's going to wrap us up. So, okay. Manny, do you have any shows coming up that you want to promote? Uh, you know, I do, but I don't even know what it's called. Okay. Uh, so I was, we... I was hoping you were going to tell me you were in Peach's Goodbye to the Showgirl Show. Oh, no, that's actually this, this weekend. I'm going to go see it, but oh, I'm okay. not in it. But uh, no, I'm doing a, we're doing a soap opera parody at Oasis, which is a, new, uh, a recent club that opened that's owned by drag performers, but there's all kinds of inventive parody in theater and met. this is a great space for um gay themed uh, performances okay and it's actually that's going to be in, what, uh, in san francisco end- what really a place great. like that there yeah. really what <laughs> <laughs> i finished the show there in january and then i'm going to do that one at, at the end of the summer okay um, well keep I, you posted I, I, I will pimp you out when the time comes yeah, yeah definitely i'll send you an invite that way you have the information for it okay brian what's going on with you Hey, I, I just heard a rumor. Just keep your ears open for something called Robo Shark Two. I'm oh my god! Okay. 
Listen, I know nothing. But okay. Patrick, I, I was I was sorry I didn't get to see you at the Apple the other night, Alamo Draft House. I thought you were going to show up. So I was not there. No, I. Oh, how was that? How was it? it I was, didn't know it about great. it. I didn't know. Oh, okay. I've never seen yeah. it. Oh. And I know it's a real insult to you because you and Catherine Mary Stewart are such good buds. And she came to the the screening. God so damn it. it was, Nice, yeah. God damn it. I adore her. I've met her several times. She's lovely. Uh, anyway, okay, boys, that's going to wrap us up. Thank you so much for joining me. Do not hang up when I say we're wrapped up, okay? Got it. Happy belated birthday, Patrick, by the way. Thank you very much. Thank you for joining me for my birthday party. And, hey, nobody died at my party. No, but, I mean, you almost did. <laughs> well, not, 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 yeah, well, no, yeah, please, that was terrible. Anyway, let's bring that up as much as possible. Guys, thank you for coming. You guys are the best. My pleasure. Until the next time. your shit over my message uh-huh. and so in favor I lost my shit and the guy next to me in traffic in the Lexus was look at me like I truly have lost my shit and he hit me somewhere so let me clear up a couple of things okay get around so <laughs> going back to the booty cutie disco cutie the problem is Okay, so I'm Irish as well, and you know we like to drink. Uh-huh. And I have a stressful job, and I have three kids and a husband. Yes, you do. So what does Mama like to do after a long week? I like to have a little bit of booze, a little bit of wine. Nothing wrong I with that. I love martinis. Yes. Martinis. Ah. If you've ever seen the movie Monkey Bone, one of the lines that Brandon Fraser says is, Lady, you had one too many martinis. So that's where that comes from. And then because I'm addicted to the very strange and odd movie, Greasy Strangler, Rudy Tootie Disco Cutie came out because while I was having my martinis, I'm Irish and I had too much booze. I just didn't know what the hell I was saying. I was just having fun. And after a few martinis anyway, I became a disco cutie when... I go out on the dance floor because I can't control myself. Oh. That's a whole other story. Let me see how much longer I have. Okay. You're I'm good. about to cut out. Okay. So, I am going to call you back, and I will explain the question about Isabella. Bye.
Okay, this is Robin again. I, I know, just didn't I want to get cut off. So, got around again, more story time. Ah, so, that's my Isabella, line. remember, I listen first because, well, I just get listened sure. to Spring Queen first. And then also, I sometimes skip over a couple things. Uh-huh. You've heard the PG version of your show, so remember, she is a little screamer. Yes, she is. So, I one episode, you were singing with the Gay Man's Chorus, which she loves watching you sing with them, by the way. We've watched you. Very amazing. Thank you. And... <laughs> There was this one episode you talked about you were singing with a gay man's chorus and something happened and there was complete silence and then out in the middle of nowhere you let out a pop fart. Yes, I did. So she said, oh no, mom, if that ever happened to me, I would die inside. So when she had the talent show completely out of left field, she's like, mom, I'm going to do okay. I just hope I don't pop fart like Patrick. (laughs) So she said she was going to try really hard to hold it in just in case she got nervous and let it out. Well, so that is where the pop fart came from. Uh-huh. So I hope I have cleared up all the mysteries, all in my jokes, of all my silly ramblings. When I give you a call, I, I assure you I am a sane person. I really am. Oh, please so, don't be. St. Patrick, we love you. Bye. We love you, too. Okay, Robin, that was a lot to unpack. And, of course, these voicemails are a bit old now because I've been lacking, lapsing in my duties. But, first of all, ain't nothing wrong with needing a drink. And, honey, you earned it. And believe me, the best thing to do when you've had a drink or possibly one too many drinks is to call my show and leave voicemails. I live for that. I live for that. Comedy gold. And I have since learned about the Greasy Strangler reference, and I've only gotten through about a half an hour of that movie. It's a lot to take. I have to sit down and watch it when I'm in a better mood, because it was too weird, even for me, in the state of mind that I was in. Now, I just want to take a moment and say how cool it is that you share this with Isabella. That you're sharing this with your, what is she, nine-year-old daughter? That you're, you uh, edit the show down for her in to a version that is appropriate for her. Because I would have loved if my parents did something like that for me. I think it's fantastic that she's able to broaden her young, burgeoning screamer experience. Probably burgeoning is the right wrong word to use with a child. But hey, what are you going to do? And, oh, golly. I... Love the pop fart story. I love everything. Although I have been formed by a little green scaly friend of mine, Miss Isabella, that you did pop fart on stage. And this this green scaly friend of mine also says that there's videotape of it and it's going to wind up on YouTube unless you give him all the Sour Patch Kids. Preferably with the heads chopped off previously. And I don't know what any of that means. I don't know if it's true or not, but let's see. If you run into a particular green scaly friend of mine, you might want to just give him that candy. Because you don't want that kind of thing leaking out. Leaking out like a pop fart. <laughs> and thank you, Robin, for rehashing that whole story of the time I farted during the music video filming. Thank you so much for rehashing that for everybody who had forgotten or the new listeners who had not heard of that particularly mortifying moment of my life and sadly when that music video came out it was not included in the final cut can you believe that can you believe that because that's that's the magic I would leave in as a director and an editor okay Robin thank you for calling in thank you for your patience in waiting for a response and Isabella hey keep it cool
Nah, you already are cool. Next. Hello, Patrick. Hello, Flem. And hello, whoever else is skulking about the Scream Queens studios. Skulking. It's Zombie Girl TJ, and I am calling with a movie recommendation. I mentioned it last week or whenever I called in last. And I want to mention it again because I think you'll like it. I want you to watch... Dude Bro Party Massacre 3, I'm going up against the wall for this one, my dear, so shoot me if you must. Oh. It won't make any difference, because I'm a zombie, so there. Anyway, and I don't think you can shoot straight enough to shoot me, like, right through the head like you would have to do to actually kill me. But anyway, if not, you know, big deal, I will rise again. Love you guys. Bye. TJ, thank you for calling in, and thank you for reminding me about Dude Bro Massacre 3, because this call has reminded me that in all the kerfuffle that has gone on in the past month or so, I have forgotten that I had gotten an email from you saying that I believe you purchased me a copy of Dude Bro Massacre 3, and it occurred to me that I've been waiting for something to come in the mail, a DVD or something, and maybe it was a digital download for me to look at. And I would have to go through all of my resources and discover what's going on there. And I just remembered a package came in the mail today that I didn't open. Please hold. Okay, the package is now in my hot, sweaty little hand. And we're, we're doing some live unboxing here on Scream Queens. I know that's all the rage on YouTube. I'm sure it's not as exciting in audio version, but you're just going to have to deal with it. Oh, my gosh, this is hermetically sealed for a nuclear attack. Uh-huh. What could it be? What could it be? What could it be? Oh, it's not that at all. Oh, dear. What is this? It's Phantom of the Paradise. Hey, who sent me that? Oh, it's another birthday present from Michael from California. Thank you, sweetheart. I'm sorry, Michael, that you're stealing all of TJ's thunder right now, but, you know, that's what happens when people buy me nice things. Although TJ bought me nice things, but I don't have a nice thing in my hot little hand, now do I? I'm sorry, TJ. I will go through my email and see if that was a digital copy I'm supposed to be looking up, and if it is, still thank you, and, 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 and I got, I got, I got nothing. This got awkward. Got awkward. Way to go, Michael. Way to ruin TJ's call. And how dare you imply that I can't shoot straight? Is that because I'm a gay homosexual? How dare you? How dare you? I probably can't. I don't know. I got nothing. I got nothing. Zip, zip. You know what I do have? Phantom of the Paradise. That's what I do have. Yeah. Hello, Patrick. Chuck from Meadville, Pennsylvania again. Hi, Chuck. I've got a lot to say, but I'll try to be brief. Okay. First of oh. all, thanks for your email letting me know about that off-Broadway play entitled Linda. <laughs> it sounds interesting, but I'm afraid to see it. <laughs> me too. After my voicemail at the end of Scream Queens 179, I'd probably be about as welcome there as Mike Pence at a performance of Hamilton. E- An oh. army of Lindas would probably take to the stage and denounce me. They would. Then they'd all grow bat wings and swoop down at me, <laughs> savaging me with their Linda teeth and their Linda claws. <laughs> It's safer if I stay home. The second reason I called is because I promised to update you if I had any more strange coincidences regarding your show. Oh, I'm all ears. Well, I finished listening to your entire archive, and I had exactly two more. I was listening to your show while washing dishes one day when something occurred to me. In the show Bewitched, Darren Stevens' mother-in-law would always call him Durwood to show how little she respected him. I suddenly thought of Durwood, a famed duo... Betty and Derwood, yes. the couple you referred to as, quote, everyone's favorite brown nosers, unquote. <laughs> I wondered if his name might actually be Darren, too. It is. Well, shortly thereafter, before I even had time to finish the dishes, Derwood not only called into the show unexpectedly, he also referred to himself as Darren for the first and only time in Scream Queen's history. Weird. 
Uh-huh. If only the universe answered more of my questions in such a prompt manner. The other coincidence occurred a few weeks ago when my husband and I watched Doctor Strange. Uh-huh. After the movie, I told him about the controversy surrounding the, the movie due to Marvel's decision to change an Asian character into a Caucasian one, and how that decision led to an appropriately strange series of tense emails between Tilda Swinton and Margaret Cho. The very next day at the end of a Screams Queens episode, you played Margaret Cho's hilarious story about shitting herself while driving. I wonder why I did that. And that, dear Patrick, is hopefully the end of my ordeal. Now the creepiness can leave my house and go bother one of your other listeners. The final reason I called Patrick is because I'd like your opinion about a TV show that I absolutely should not like, yes. but I really, really do. Yes. As I've mentioned before, I hate all things Mommy Dearest related uh-huh. due to the fact that I was essentially raised by Joan Crawford. Yeah, sorry about that. Minus the glamour, the money, and Joan's far superior self-control. Anyway, much to my surprise, I am absolutely loving the show feud, Uh, Betty and Joan. The writing, the visuals, the performances, all perfect. I'd review it here, but I'd rather hear your opinion of it, Patrick. The show involves the filming of not one, but two classic horror movies, so something should be said about it on Screen Queens. And after a review, I have a personal request. In episode 60, you and Scott from the Seder Sphere do some hilarious celebrity impressions. Everyone should at least listen to the section starting at exactly 59 minutes and ending about a half a, min- a minute and a half later. Anyway, one of the impressions you do is that of Betty Davis. Yes, I do it often. Patrick, in lieu of the gold star you never gave me uh-huh. and the tiara that I deserve, oh. please honor me by resurrecting Ms. Davis and singing a few lines from Baby Jane Hudson's favorite song. You know which one. Bye. I've listened to voicemails from Chucky. His address is Meatville, PA. That's all I've got for that. I can't just whip these things out willy-nilly. Um, post to other things I whip out willy-nilly. Well, I hope that was enough to whet your appetite. Or curb your appetite, I should say, Chuck, because I have to warn you, there's been another strange coincidence. Just now, you brought up Scott, the satyr from the satyr sphere, and how we did that episode and did all those funny, funny, funny celebrity impressions. Here's the thing. I just got a message from Scott not an hour ago, who I haven't heard from in quite some time. Not directly. And he said that we should do another show together because he has such a fun time when he's here. And then poof, I play your email, your uh, your, your voicemail, and, and, and here we are again back in the Twilight Zone. And honey, if you think the creepiness is going to leave your house anytime soon, you really need to look in your linen closet because... I'm not going to tell you what I've been doing in there. But you know what? You'll find out. You'll find out. Thank you so much for calling, Chuck. Yeah, for those who don't know what he's talking about, about this play, Linda, which technically was on Broadway at the Manhattan Theater Club, which is its own version of Broadway, which is a story nobody cares about. There was just this show called Linda. And for some reason, I was bombarded with ads for it 
constantly in my Facebook feed, and every time I logged on to any website, that was the little pop-up ad, come see Linda at the Manhattan Theater Club. Linda, Linda, Linda. And of course, I was sharing it with Trey and Doug from the Evil Under the Sun episode because they understand. They understand the whole Linda thing. And if you don't understand the Linda thing, go back and listen to that episode. I don't know what number it is. And it just followed me everywhere. And so I decided after hearing Chuck's voicemail about his his lifetime aversion to Lindas of all sizes and shapes, I should send it to him. And, and, and I'm, I'm sorry for any you know post-traumatic stress that I might have induced. Sorry. Not sorry. And as for feud, I cut the cord for cable. So I don't get... Uh, FX anymore so I was unable to watch Feud I was kind of tentative about it anyway because I am not a fan of the director whose name just fell out of my head Ryan Murphy is that it yeah the guy from Glee and American Horror Story I don't like his work I have never liked his work I try to like his work but I don't like his work and I'm always the only one who doesn't. So I was not really big on watching it anyway. And also, well, Susan Sarandon is not my favorite person right now, so I just didn't want to deal with her either. I'll watch it someday when it becomes available on Netflix or Amazon or whatever, what have you. But until then, sorry, Chuck. No can do on feud. But thank you for calling, and you make Pennsylvania fabulous. So I do believe that that is going to wrap this show up for another episode. Thank you very much for everybody who called in. That's Robin and TJ and Chuck and everybody who sent the birthday messages at the beginning. Again, Robin and Doug and Stacy. And I'm sorry I forget everybody else, but my goodness, what a great turnout for the show. And of course, a huge thank you to my special guests, Manuel Canary and Mr. Brian Norton. It wouldn't have been a party without you guys. Well, it might have been, but it wouldn't have been as sexy. So, What's coming up in the future? I realized that we have been having guests on every episode since the Listener Takeover started in January. It hasn't just been you and just me. So next time, that is exactly what's going to happen. We're just going to scale things back. We're going to keep things chill. And baby, it's just going to be us together, just the two of us. We can make it if we try, just the two of us, just the two of us, because it takes two to make a thing go right, and that's you and that's me. What we're going to talk about, I'm not exactly sure yet. There's been a whole bunch of stuff that's piled up that I've watched. I might do, I keep promising to do this, but I think I'm going to do it this time. We're going to do a quickie episode. You know, we, I do quick five-minute reviews of a whole bunch of stuff that I've seen and make a fabulous show out of it. And I'm going to be getting that to you before the end of May, so you'll be getting three episodes this month, just because you got a little short change with the whole bloody birthday thing. But you know what? Don't yell at me. Yell at the voluminous mucus pouring out of my orify. Sorry, I made myself a little sicky on that one. So, if you want to be like everybody who called in to make the show even cooler than it was going to be in the first place, please pick up your phone, stick out that sexy little digit of yours, and you press the numbers. 917-720-2047. And do it all slow and sexy like that. And leave me a voicemail. 
or if you prefer to write in, you can send me an email at crew at screamqueens.com. And, of course, that's Queens with a Z. You can like me on Facebook by doing a search on the Scream Queens, the podcast where it gets bent. Or you can find me on Twitter at Scream Queens. And, of course, I'm on Instagram at no tiara for you or Scream Queens podcast, even though I don't know how that damn site works still or what it's for. What is it for? Why are we doing this? It's so stupid. But if you like it, then I love it. Whatever. I got nothing. I got nothing. And if you find that you cannot get enough of this sexy Scream Queen stuff, well, don't worry. Dr. Patrick has a cure for you. Head on over to Patreon.com and become a subscriber. If you become a patron of the show, you'll be getting all sorts of bonus material every month. There's all kinds of levels for you to join, for you to join on, things that you can afford. I just did a review of that new movie, The Void, and another made-for-TV classic from the 70s called The Cat Creature. People have been getting very special videos and stuff. And, well, just telling you now, we'll be covering the Alien Covenant movie next time. And based on the word from my from my homie Woody in the UK, it ain't good. So expect Patrick to lose his mind. But you're not going to hear it here. You're going to hear it on Patreon. So that's www.patreon.com slash screamqueens. Don't miss out. And never have to worry again. Well, there'll just be no more FOMO. No more homo FOMO. That works. So until next time, my beautiful, beautiful screamers, thank you for joining me for my birthday party. And and for the love of God, continue to make the world a creepier place and never forget the Scream Queen's golden rule. Fight or flight. Survive that night. Make it to the final reel, baby. Oh, yeah, because we've got cake and stuff. Wait, there is cake, right? There's no cake? Oh. Bye. I got hunting for witches. And some galleries to roll. Some of the music for tonight's program has been provided by Mavio's Music Service. Check them out at music.mavio.com. Bitches! <laughs> Before we go, there is something that I need to address. Last week, my good friend Mike Ryan, who is also an occasional listener of the show, lost his husband Gavin after a prolonged battle with pancreatitis. And it's been gnawing at me because you might be surprised to hear this, but when I don't have a microphone in front of me, sometimes I just don't know how to put words together, especially at times like this. I only got to meet Gavin once several years ago. So what I knew of him, I knew through Mike, through my correspondences with him and the few times I've seen him in the past few years. And what was absolutely clear was how happy he made Mike. And that made me happy because sometimes you look at a couple and you're like, I don't get it. But these two, you looked at them and you said, yes, this is the proverbial perfect match. And while it is an incredible gift to find something 
like that, it breaks my heart that it was taken away from me, Mike, so quickly. And and I apologize for not being able to say anything previous to this. But, you know, me and my big stupid mouth, right? Doesn't work when I wanted to. And since you told me the last time I saw you when we were in Denver at Gala, you and Gavin have an affinity for awful Canadian horror movies. So it seems appropriate that this episode of Scream Queens, the podcast where horror gets gay, is dedicated to the memory of James Gavin Waddell. Say long, Gavin. And I love you, Mike. <laughs>